The Joe Rogan Experience podcast is brought to you by The Fleshlight. If you go to JoeRogan.net and click on the link for The Fleshlight and enter in the code name Rogan, you will get 15% off the number one sex toy for men. As if there's a, some fucking competition. Is there, you know, is, is there a battle of the sex toys? I saw, I saw one the one? other day that you could put in the dishwasher, and it was pretty badass looking, but it vibrated. I don't think vibrating... That's not real life. Yeah. I don't need a vibrating fake vagina. Anyway, if you uh, enter in the code name Rogan, you get 15% off. And if you go to, uh, also we're sponsored by Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T, makers of Alpha Brain. We have a new Alpha Brain uh, for people in Europe where you're, it's illegal to sell vitamin B6 in some parts of uh, the world. Yeah, and a couple other nutrients. So we, we uh, replaced them with legal ones in those countries. So there's a new Alpha Brain for folks that live in Europe. It's called Alpha Brain Source. And that should be out really soon. We also have the Cordyceps Mushrooms Supplement Shroom Tech Sport, which is great for people that are like, if you're into really working out, if you really like, like, you know, really hard working out, that's good for you. If not, if you're one of those Brian characters, it's not necessary, right? You don't yeah. need no Shroom Tech Sport in your life. No. <laughs> There's no need. We also have Shroom Tech Immune, which is a, a great immune immunity booster. It's, that's my uh, favorite. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's, I don't know the science behind it, so I can't really explain, but as it was explained to me, what it is is something in this mushroom tricks your immune system into thinking that it's like a cold. Mm -hmm. And your immune system pumps up and prepares for a fight that never comes. Yeah. And, so, and then it has like zinc in it also. Yeah. It has a bunch of stuff in there. There's a bunch of stuff, stuff, so it's good for your immune system. And we also make uh, New Mood, which is a 5-HTP supplement, which is, um, just gives you like a little serotonin boost. It makes you feel good. Again, uh, all the stuff that we sell at onnit.com, I always say if you, if you like it and you think it's too expensive, please just buy the ingredients somewhere else, cheaper, and put it all together yourself. Steal the ingredient list online, copy it, and replicate it, and enjoy yourself. We're you know, more concerned about not ripping anybody off and you not buying something that you don't want to buy that I can't overstate this enough. That's why also there's a 100% money-back guarantee. If you don't like anything, you don't have to return it. You just tell us you don't like it, and you get 100% of your money back. It's really that simple. I think what we're selling is good shit. If you go to onnit.com, it's O-N-N-I-T, and enter in the code name Rogan, you get 10% off. All right, kids, strap the fuck in. I hope you prepared yourself. I hope you sacrificed the sacred plant to the fire gods. Because Michael Rupert's here, bitches. We're going to get to the bottom of some shit. This... This is an unusual, very unusual man that's with us today. First of all, thank you very much for doing this, man. I, I really appreciate it. It's an honor. I bought your book. You gave me a copy of it today, but I already have it because I bought it about five years ago, which is Crossing the Rubicon. That's when it came out, right? When, when did that come out? It came out, out in uh, uh, August of 2004. Uh, uh, when I first became aware of you was that speech that you gave. I don't know where you were. But it's a speech that you gave where you were, you were talking in front of uh, some judge in some sort of a courtroom somewhere, and you were explaining how you were an L.A. Police Department <clears throat> officer, and you caught the CIA selling drugs, and you were just fucking saying it. You were just standing in front of this judge. What was that instance? Wh wh who was that? That was, uh, you're a fighter. You, you, you. And you know about war and battle and stuff. This was one of those cir circumstances. One of one of my favorite um, axioms about combat, uh, about fighting somebody, is, was was given to me by a chief warrant officer four from army from army uh, cr criminal intelligence division. Don't shoot unless you get a headshot. 
And I had the headshot that day on the director of Central Intelligence. And, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like something that you can spend your whole life in a fight or, or, or combat waiting for everything to line up. But you know when it lines up and you, it's, it's like that's what happened. So 18 years I'd been trying to uh, uh, make somebody pay attention to the fact that CIA had been bringing drugs into the United States. Um, and, uh, and I had lost a career uh, because I blew a whistle on that. And I'd been 18 years, and I finally got a chance to nail a guy. That seems so crazy that you're the first guy to come out with that. I mean, I know I've heard stories before, and I know I, I knew about the, um, the Mena, Arkansas mm -hmm. situation with, uh, what, what was that gentleman's name? Clinton? Yeah, Clinton. <laughs> Clinton Ter Terry and, Reed. And the other dude, the dude that got caught that was, or that Barry died. Barry Seal. Barry Seal, that's yeah. the guy. He's the guy who died with George Bush's phone number in his pocket. You know, I mean, uh, that's a fascinating story. There's a guy who says that he was bringing in drugs for the CIA for a long time, right, from South America, yeah, yeah. and they would have a spot where they would drop it off, and apparently two kids saw it, and these two kids, they killed these two kids, and then they said it that's, was suicide. That was the train track death. Yeah, the yes. train track death. Yeah. So the parents for forced some sort of an autopsy, and the autopsy found out that these kids had been murdered, and then it just it spirals into mm -hmm. this thing unwinding. But who would have ever believed before there was something like that? I mean, that's a big that that was a really big case. Well, I yeah I I came out with it uh, publicly after I resigned from LAPD in November '78. And I resigned because Chief Gates was going to let me get killed and he wouldn't give me back up. And, you know, and it was it was a really sick scenario. I had perfect rating reports and all this stuff. So uh, then I resigned and then I went to the L.A. Times. So my clock on being public started in 79. Uh, but here's what's interesting about all that stuff. You go back to CIA has been dealing drugs ever since before there was a CIA. Long story. It's, it's an economic issue more than it is anything else. Is it just something where they can't pass up? It's just too much money? It's, it's, it's going out there much, anywhere? Yes. Um, and it helps them do things that they don't have to get approved, right? Well, that's only part of it. Uh, you have to remember that Bill Casey, Ronald Reagan's CIA director, was a stockbroker. The CIA was created by uh, the Dulles brothers, John Foster and Alan Dulles. Um, who were partners in Sullivan Cromwell. They created, founded the CIA, Alan Dulles. Is, so, so the CIA and Wall Street have always been one and the same thing. And the deal with drug money, which when I wrote a lot of the stuff that's in Rubicon, is that um, you can move it with profits to earning ratios off books in a crooked economic paradigm. And with price to earnings, if, if you launder a million dollars worth of drug money onto a corporation, let's say GE, who has a price to earnings of 30 to one, you've just created $30 million in stock value. There's a huge multiplier and the CIA, this is all part of the same corrupt, corrupt economic paradigm, which is destroying us now. That's the case that I started on then trying to find out what the fuck is going on around here. How did you find out and did other people know and just keep their mouth shut? Like mm. how did you, how did you know, how was there like ultimate proof to you? Well, uh, well, when I saw it with my eyeballs was proof, but see how I got into it's a completely different deal. Um, I have a, have a special birth. My mother was a senior cryptanalyst for the Army Security Agency in World oh, War wow. II. Her work product went to Secretary of State, Secretary of War and President Roosevelt. Highest, she worked on Japanese codes, the Russian oh, codes. Wow. Okay, my father was a decorated Air Force uh, hero, a veteran. He was in B-17s, World War II, then he came on all this stuff. And he, both were connected with CIA. So I, I came from a CIA f family. 
So, I mean, I used to come home from grade school and, and say, Mom, what's for dinner? And she'd say, I can't tell you. <laughs> uh, gotcha. So, so anyway, uh, uh, so I was marked. And plus I was gifted. You know, I was a good, smart, you know, guy. And so I was being groomed because the CIA has people in uh, police departments all over the country, and they have for years, law or no law, that's what they do. So I was being recruited into that because I already had a Q clearance, uh, which I had had just from living with my parents. And so that kind of marked me as somebody who was like on the inside, but I wasn't really. You know, I wasn't going to go along with drugs when, when that's what I saw what it was. I wouldn't do it. And everybody else is just going along with it. Or do they just turn a blind eye? Uh, there's. How does it? I mean, how does it? Uh, how how does it go? How does it work? Well, what happens is, and I'm sure you understand this, is is that uh, we 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 live in a world that's full of sellouts. We're surrounded by sellouts. We're surrounded by, uh, and this came up really recently with with uh, with Occupy and my friend Shamar Thomas and all of the stuff that we got together involved with. That it's about honor, um, and and. Uh, uh, some people just are incapable of selling out, I guess, and I guess I'm one of those. But most people resign themselves, and not everybody knows this. Like, not every LAPD cop knows this happens. You know, it's compartmentalized. But uh, uh, there's a lot of people out there in law enforcement, and I think we've seen this uh, with the Occupy movement and the way veterans and, and some cops have responded to There's a lot of people inside the system who are really honest, and they're just waiting for somebody else to show them how to do it. Wow, what a terrifying situation. So you're the first guy to step up, and you step up and step out and say that in front of all these people on television. What happens then? Yeah, I'm not so sure I was the first to step up. I'm the like first. that? Well, I was the first to do it and stay alive, and the first to do, do you, it and find a way to get shit like this done. Do you think it's almost safer to come out with something like that than it is to be the guy who hasn't said anything and they could silence yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, being uh, transparent publicly is your absolute best defense, and that's something I've done for 35 years now. Jesus, though. But you got to a point at one point where you a point at one point where you were you were worried about your own life. Like you left the country for a while, right? Uh, many times, I've I've never not really been. Uh, Are you like one of those dudes like wakes up and hears something and just fucking packs your bags and gets on a plane? No. I mean, how many times did you do it? No, no. Uh, uh, you make peace with it. You have to learn how to live with it. Um, one of my training officers at LAPD had been a Marine with the uh, Fifth Marines in the Citadel at Way, and he said, "You can get used to anything." And that was a that was a real teacher. So it's not that you, you you can't live on adrenaline forever, you know. So you make peace, and then but being public is uh, is is always the best safety. Why were you worried about your life? What was it specifically? <laughs> Well, what, what, I, what, I would have, what I was exposing, now, now you have to bear in mind that when I was at LAPD and I resigned, I, I had pulled like the tail of something out of a hole. I didn't know what was attached to the rest of, it's like, I'm just going to pull on this one worm uh, and I'll, until I, and it's, it's, the, it's the, the can of worms. So, uh, but clearly what I had, the CIA was directly involved in bringing heroin into this country illegally of using police officers in their, pay or control with the clearances to protect those drug shipments and they were laundering the drug money uh, and and that it, it had to have been known at a White House level and that was in 1970 78 that's 79. incredible 
And they just thought they could just keep getting away with it. Well, yeah, but yeah, those who win in a rigged game get stupid. <laughs> yeah. Those, I mean, you know, yeah, if, right. if it's always playing yeah. your way and this and that, you get, you get real sloppy. It's true. Yeah. Wow, that's a br- brilliant point. I've never heard anybody put it that way, but you're absolutely right. It's just human nature. Yeah. yeah. Di- and, and what I say now, you know, with the collapse of human industrial civilization is that dinosaurs are not capable of being anything other than dinosaurs. Mm. Well, it is. Uh, certainly, if you look at, like, what we're doing, with, you know, while we're struggling at home so badly, we insist on engaging in all these things overseas that are pay strange dividends. We don't, we don't, you know, there's nothing tangible about it. But tangibly, in this country right now, like, people are having a really fucking hard time. But yet, all of this money and all these resources are going overseas to, to fight wars that almost no one agrees with. And when you look at it like I mean, that is just sloppiness. That just seems sloppy. This, this, it's so preposterous. Yeah. I mean, it's so without yeah. merit. Yeah. Like if there wasn't some sort of a 9-11 attack and you proposed this sort of a ridiculous war, right. everybody would be like, get the fuck out of here. But because of the initial 9-11 attack, because there was something so big, they capitalized on it and now they have ridden the bad when, intentions uh, right into the ground. When you were on Leno recently with Ron Paul, I saw it. It was a great segment. I mean, like, ooh. So, uh, but what I caught, and, and, and I've been doing, I, you know, I've met Ron Paul, I know him, I, we're not good friends, he's been in a film I made, but I've tracked him for a long time. When, when Ron Paul said, um, now the White House is trying to tell us that Iran had something to do when, with 9-11, well, that's what they, and d- the audience went berserk. Yeah. The collective consciousness in They're this. They're waking up. Uh, everybody here is like, wait, filled right up to here, right up to here right now and they're just ready and and really that's why i think ron paul's such a threat right now because if ron paul wins in iowa knock yeah. wood uh uh it's a whole new political ball game in this country because then all of a sudden it's it's going to be the norm an, a, a substantial norm for people to see somebody like ron paul not believing all that bullshit then it's safe for them how rigged do you think voting is uh do you think it's rigged at all? Do you think oh, it's absolutely. 100% legitimate? Well, you think it's rigged still? No, listen, after 2000, and I'm a, I've been an investigative journalist for a long time, and I've done a lot of writing about this. It, to, election 2000 was stolen. Election 2004, Choice Point debold all the software and all that. I watched that documentary on uh, hacking democracy. It was right. unbelievable. Right. So fascinating. But they can rig within certain, because there are people who see the polling places. There are people, and, and people know. You know, we had 80 people come in who were on Paul. Yeah. So they can't just say if 80% of the people vote green, that 80% voted red because nobody would believe it, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so I think that Ron Paul is so far way much further ahead than he's being shown in the polls. I really think that there is, uh, let's say Ron Paul is in the 40s and 50s in Iowa, which they wouldn't dare let be known. The, and... And the point is, if he wins or wins with a landslide, it's, it's now Democrats and, and Republicans no more. It's Ron Paul and the Democrats and the Republicans, and we got a whole new paradigm. Wow. I want, yeah, so he has to win by such a substantial margin that they can't fake it. <laughs> it has to almost be unanimous. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, it's so fr- uh, the, the frightening thing to a lot of people about it is the, the, the sheer change that a Ron Paul would bring about. And, you know, that a real change like that is absolutely terrifying to people. Even though they know that the situation right now is completely fucked up, completely yeah. unfair, the, yeah. the Congress is bought, everything's stolen, yeah. it's a total wreck. They would still, they're terrified of change. 
They're terrified. Not so much anymore. You got to get beaten into a state of reasonableness. You think it's it's at the tipping point? We're at the collapse of human industrial civilization since 2008. You know that the world has turned inside out several times. It's getting nothing but worse, and people are you know. One of the best lines I heard out of the Occupy movement was uh, somebody was asking the, you know, the protesters are moving along in New York, and they said, "What are you protesting?" And this really attractive, smart woman says, "Everything, <laughs> everything, everything is corrupt. Yeah. Everything is a lie. Everything is bogus." And um, you know, there's a lot of us that can see that. Is it gotten worse, or have people just gotten more aware? Both. 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 So it's accelerating as well as people yeah. picking up on oh, it. Oh, the rate of change. Now, you, now you got to remember, I'm, I'm this guy that's been at this 35 years. Yeah. And you know what? How I'm do saying? you look so healthy? You should be a fucking mess. Oh, I am. The amount of stress? Yeah. But you look fine. I eat really good. Yeah. I, I'm on two and a half acres in Northern California in, you know, outside of Sebastopol, permaculture. You grow your own well, food. Well, we're growing food, and, and I wow. eat raw, organic. I, I go out and pick a raw wow. salad out of my garden and just eat it after you pick the leaf. Oh, wow. And, uh, and so I eat good. Uh, and uh, other than that, I'm uh, maybe good genes. And I spent a lot of time working out and training over, over the years, you know, too. Uh, I had to. I hung, hung with some really cool people along the way. Right now, my ro- I have a bad rotator cuff here. The cartilage is gone, so I can't work out too much. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's a drag. Shoulder injuries are they're very complicated and very difficult to fix. A lot of people have shoulder issues. It becomes a, a big problem until they have surgery on it. Yeah. And even then, like surgery now, they're pretty good at it. But back in the, the day, if you had a shoulder issue, it was a big one. It's just such a, such a complicated joint. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, so that's the way you blew off steam. But I can't imagine being under that kind of pressure, having, kn- knowing that people were upset at me, knowing what, I, what, you know, what you say you know about all these fucking bad people, mm-hmm. man. And you're, you know, and you, you're, you're out there, you know, exposed constantly, uh, you know, doing radio interviews, constantly doing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I wouldn't be, have been able to do any of this without my spiritual life and, and, and some very deep and profound spiritual practices. Uh, I'm a guy in, I believe that this planet is alive. Uh, a Gaian. A Gaian, yeah. Is this, um, what kind of, what is this? Uh, is it like a religion? Uh, yeah, Gaian, Mother Earth. She's mm-hmm. alive. You know, isn't it interesting that uh, you, you take the planets out from the sun? Mercury is a god. Venus is a goddess. Skipper, Mars is a god. Every other planet is a god or a goddess except for this one. Why? Her name is Gaia. She's alive. So um, is this something that's actually written down? Is this an ideology, or is just your you have a philosophy behind it? It kind of originated with Dr. James Lovelock, and and it's uh, it's it's new and it's also very old. I, you know, I'm I'm also I've also studied uh, Native American spirituality quite a bit, and and it's it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Well, it seems to me that we have a pretty limited idea of what life is or what's conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel like if it can't react and communicate with us, it can't be conscious. But there's, you know, apparently there's been some studies that show that it's very possible that plants recognize people when they're in the room and they feel energy and they can actually react to someone doing something like to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have some sort of consciousness that we can't understand. We just only assume that consciousness is human consciousness. There might be rock consciousness. I mean, everything might have a consciousness it might just be enabled to express itself right. and the idea of this as a giant super organism is so fascinating oh yeah 
it's so amazing because we know that everything, nothing exists on its own. I mean, every single body is a mixture of so, all sorts of different bacteria, yep. and, you know, microbiotic particles and all sorts of different things that are constantly helping you or macrobiotic. You know, like when you, you're eating yogurt, you know, you're taking in troops. You know, when you take an acidophilus, you're bringing in yeah. like healthy animals, yeah. living organisms. I mean, it's, it's so fascinating that we absolutely need that in order to stay healthy and be alive. One of the things I just did recently was, was uh, very cool. I live in West Sonoma County uh, and I, there's a spa and I had I'd done like three months without a day off uh, for CollapseNet. That's that's my my uh, company and doing the radio show. And so I treated myself, and they have this spa where you go and you actually take a bath in a hot living compost pile. And it's specially bred compost, but the, everything is alive and it's warm and you become, and it, it just, it, it sucks stuff out of you that's just, you know, really cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's freaky. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's so weird what a, a, a different, you know, like a soup. You know, we're not just one mm. ingredient. It's really fascinating. And to think of the earth as being that, just the, uh, expressing itself in a larger way. There's a, there's a great movie that was ju just came out this year called Anima Mundi, M-U-N-D-I, uh, out of Australia. And it's got big names in it. It's got Noam Chomsky in it. It's got, you know, a whole bunch. And it's all about, the, and, 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 and there are some tremendous, uh, tremendous awakening things in there. You just look at, and the science is really good to support that too. See, I think the big problem is now is if, let's say you and I are Martians or from another planet, we just came down here to check out what's happening with these creatures down here, right? And first, well, they're insane. They're destroying the place. Right. You know, and, and this, that's all they have to live on. So yeah. What are they doing? They're shitting where right. they eat. And I really think that that originates with, uh, uh, Genesis 1. I mean, I'm, I'm at war with God, or at least the religion, the, the God of old, the gods that brought us to this point. And, and, and I'm at war with the God that gave man dominion over the planet. Bullshit. That's why we're destroying it. We've been separated from it. We were taught that we, and, and I don't believe that that's true. And I believe that if there's any one lie that's enabled all this corruption, uh, a lot of it to be hidden under the guise of religion, uh, that's, that's the big one. So you think then if you can get enough people to recognize this earth as a living thing, we could change the way people behave and change the practices? I mean, it doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to have been that long ago yeah. that people didn't destroy the earth at all. No. I mean, you know, just a few hundred years ago, the, the oceans were clean, right? I mean, how many, how many hundreds of years ago was there, where, was there no pollution? Uh, well, no. I, no, you would have to go back probably to the 1200s. Or th no, there, there was there was pollution garbage in in Rome. Yeah, uh, poop. But let's go back 40,000 years ago. Okay, okay, and then our our ancestors, Urgen, Og, or whoever the you know, um, were first they were living their religion 24 seven. There was not a textbook, so you didn't. Nobody persuaded them, converted them. That's just the way they lived. The Earth was the Bible. Wow. Okay. Some things are sacred, and you know th 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 there are things that you don't do, like stick your finger into a light socket. Thou shalt not, because you know it hurts or you die. And there were rules in nature: thou shalt not stay out in the cold over X number of hours or after. This was the, that was the religion because it was a direct feedback. Well, I've always felt the Native American ideal of using every single bit of the animal that you kill in in, in honor of the animal. Yeah, that there's something very important about that. I went to uh, it's fair. Uh, Tom Brown of Tom Brown Tracker School is a friend of mine, 
And I went to his tracker school. Max, my assistant, I went uh, to his tracker school in February. And, and, and that's, that's what they teach, too. You know, but, but anyway, so our ancestors, 40,000 years ago, running around, right? They didn't all of a sudden stop one day and going, why am I having this wilderness experience? That was all nor That was, so what, what mankind's task is now with the collapse of human industrial civilization, which is here, which cannot be stopped, um, is not so much to learn but to remember stuff that we've known inside of us um, forever. And you got to clear a lot of garbage out of the way, you know, to get there. And uh, um, I'm pretty optimistic about what I see. I mean, I, I, I started CollapseNet, my company, CollapseNet.com, there's the plug. Um, and we're in 68 countries. We're getting 40,000 visitors a day. You're optimistic in one way, that I'm the collapse seeing, is going to be a good thing? I know. I'm seeing people awakening. I am seeing people, uh, th you know, as I said in the movie, collapse. Mankind's choice now is evolve or perish. Grow the fuck up or die. Because the laws of nature cannot be overturned. And that's the fundamental thing that's wrong with this infinite growth paradigm that we live in. Okay, we'll do that separate. So, um, where was I? All of that done, all of that done, and, and that world we live in is dying, and there's a new consciousness emerging. Now, my friend Colin Campbell, who was one of the, uh, he's the godfather of the peak oil movement, said that uh, the species Homo sapiens might not become extinct, but the subspecies of petroleum man most certainly will. Okay, so there's post-petroleum human, and there's a new consciousness emerging. And, and there, are, there are tens of millions of us around the world. And, and, and truly, I think there may be hundreds of millions or a billion or more of us around the world. We just haven't been allowed to see each other yet. There's something with that matrix that keeps you from seeing all the other people who feel. That's why with you and Ron Paul on, uh, on uh, Leno, when the audience started cheering, it was like that was a that was a bitch slap bucket of cold water in the face of Barack Obama and everybody in Washington. You know who thought they could actually get away with this stuff again? What do you think Obama? Do you think Obama knew what was going to happen before he got into office? Because he seems, it it seems to me, I mean, he seems so ineffective. It's almost like he had an idea of what it would be like, and then when he got in there, it's just nothing like that. Barack Obama's extremely effective. He's extremely effective for his client base, which is the banks. That is a banking president. And it, there's no difference between Democrat and Republican. He, Barack Obama had no intention. You know, he just seemed like one of us when he was running for president. He seemed like one of us. It seemed like he was going to. he was probably. You know, your microphone's on, buddy. It's probably because he was. You he know, was? He probably started off. Yeah, that's what I wanted to change. know. I yeah. always wanted to know. I mean, if, if he wouldn't have change. been nominated. He, he wouldn't have ever gotten close to, to the nomination unless his loyalty had been secured. Oh, wow, it's so crazy. I've been at that's this. real. I mean, it's, I was such, a, it's such a fucking rigged no. game. Yeah, it if, is. if it really is that rigged, I mean, it ri it's it's almost preposterous that it's it's able to go on as long as it has. I was. Uh, I've, I've had. I've done a lot of shit. I've been around a long time. I was the press spokesman for Ross Perot. Whoa. In Los Angeles County in 1992, at oh. a time when Ross Perot was ahead of both George Bush and Bill Clinton. I remember that time. In the polls, okay. Hi, I'm Ross Perot, short, floppy-eared Texan with a big nose. Hey, I'm Ross remember Perot. when he took out that ad? He basically bought a half an hour of television on prime time and explained mm -hmm. what's wrong with, what was it, with the, the tax structure? I forget what it was, but it was just... And, and uh, the uh, uh, debt. Yeah. Debt. Yeah. And, he, and he explained it all and spelled it out. And he's the only one that made any sense. 
I mean, he seemed like a crazy dude, but everybody wants to be president is crazy. Well, what, what, what I'm saying with that is I, I've been around presidential politics a long time, and I've studied it in a lot of ways. My Rubicon's in the Harvard Biz Library, okay? Uh, so, yeah, it's that rigged. Yeah, it is that rigged. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying that this is the freest country the world has ever known, and it's, it's been fucking hoodwinked by giant corporations. We have been... Uh, uh, there was a guy, I, I had a source, somebody who was in a position to know when William Casey had his first briefing as DCI, Director of Central Intelligence, under Ronald Reagan, would have been in January of 81. Um, he said to the, those in the room, he said, we will know that we have been successful when everything the American people believe is true is false. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. It's just amazing that this has sort of been uh, the way governments have done things since the beginning. It's like no one has ever, like, been straight with the people and had it all, you know, even. And I mean, Has there mm -hmm. ever been a culture ever that has been, like, completely cool as far as their government goes? I just watched the, no an amazing movie last night, The Cove. And even in that movie, it was a movie about dolphins, how much the Japanese government lied to the people about mercury po poisoning. Yeah, well, apparently that's what Shane Smith from Vice.com was telling us about, the, the, the meltdown. Yeah. And it's a, a much more of a health issue than the, than the government is letting on. Well, all of that stuff is cooked, but uh, the reason why... Let's, uh, let's take a quote, quote from uh, Meyer Rothschild. It was, Meyer, it was, it was the senior Rothschild, the guy who was uh, the London house. Uh, he said, uh, give me control of a nation's currency. It's money. And I care not who passes its laws, who governs it. It's irrelevant. The infinite growth. And look at what we're seeing around us with the economic collapse, the endless fucking corruption. You know uh, what killed me? When all it was going down, when the bailouts were happening, and Obama actually had the nerve to say that he was going to limit the bonuses that these guys got to half a million dollars. You're like, well, as if someone actually talked him into thinking that that made any sense to regular people. The regular people going to go, yeah, you know, he had to get his half a mil. He had to get, the, the bank is falling apart. People are bailing out the bank with their tax dollars. And then somehow or another, it's rigged in the way that the the CEOs get bonuses. What? what how could that? What? What is that bonus based on? Those who win in a rigged game get stupid. <laughs> Barack Obama thinks people believe that he actually killed Osama bin fucking Laden. Yeah. Nobody believes it. I don't believe it. No. I'm not convinced. There's too. I've talked to too many military people that don't believe it. I've talked to people that you know probably shouldn't be talking about it, and they're like, "This is just fucking horseshit." We've known that guy's been dead for years. Am I allowed to smoke? It? Please, yeah, fire up. Dude. All right, you can take a shit on the floor if you want. You're Michael Rupert. Oh, oh geez. All right, do whatever you got to do, buddy. I want you to be comfortable. I'm pretty impressed I'm that he's smoking because in the movie Collapse, he smoked probably a, a carton in the first ten minutes. Uh, you no, know, well, that's yeah. Uh, Chris Smith, the director, loved that film noir effect, and I can do the sexy thing with the cigarette. Obviously, you know what I'm saying. If it's more doom and gloom. If, if you got it, work it, you know? Yeah, well, you know, if the end world's coming, why not get cancer, too? Fuck it, <laughs> you know? And you go American Spirits, is that actually healthier? Oh, yeah. yeah Much definitely. healthier? There's no additives to that at all. This no. is f for folks who don't know, if you enjoy your cigarettes, there's 599 different fucking things that are added to cigarettes. And our government said, we're cool with that. 
oh yeah, you want to add more? Well, cig- well, we have cigarettes, and cigarettes are pretty addictive, but you know, we, we came out with some way to really fuck with your neurotransmitters and make it like super addictive. Is that okay if we just throw that in there? Yeah, and the and seafood the from like, yeah, the Gulf is safe to eat, too. It. I mean... Yeah, I saw commercials like, the Gulf's coming back, and they're serving shrimp, and I'm looking at them like they're bombs. They're sliding a shrimp bomb your way. Like, what is what the fuck is in that, man? I hope it's okay, but Jesus Christ, how, how, did they fix that oil problem? Because I heard they didn't. I heard that there's a new slick. I heard that people have seen other slicks. You know, did they? I don't think it's completely capped off, right? Oh no, no. My, my uh, I had a good friend, Matthew Simmons, so scary, uh, uh, a colleague who was uh, had, he had been the world's largest energy investment banker. He was a colleague of mine in the peak oil movement for many years. He he died. Uh, uh, I think I won't say that yet, but he, he died under mysterious circumstances to me. Uh, but he knew all about the Gulf, and, and so it was a total blowout. No, the, 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 the seabed is destroyed. He was telling oh. the truth. There, there's the shaft from Deepwater Horizon that went down, and, and, and what's happened is, is that the whole seabed is now fractured all around it, and it's, the oil is seeping up, and there's no, the way to, there's no way to control it. Oh, my God. Oh, but then, so terrifying. You know, I was in New Orleans for the first time recently, and I really, really enjoyed it. Oh. Like, what an unusual city. What an amazing city. Really is one of the last few places that has its own true identity. You know, when we were hanging around there, it was like, what a great place it is. And that's where I saw CIA bringing drugs into the country. That's, that's wow. where, I be- where I became an eyeball wit to it. Jesus, you in know? New Orleans. Yeah, no, yeah. New wow. Orleans is. That's a mojo in New Orleans. That's a fun you. place, man. That's a fun place. It's almost like it's another country. Like, you should have to have a passport to get there. It's like you're, you're going to another country. It's very strange. Or the fact that those poor people got hit by that, man, you know, after Katrina. Yeah. Then they get hit by that. And, then, you know, I mean, how is the ocean now? I mean, it's so much ocean. How long does it take? The seabed is the issue, right? Is that what it is? Well, it's the, it'll destroy the food chain because, you're, you know. Because uh, if they had just stopped what, what got into the ocean, the ocean would probably absorb it all because it's so enormous. Eh, well, of course, they were lying about the quantities. Uh, I mean, you know, I had known it was over 100,000 barrels a day early on. and, and, and uh, oh, it was it was much higher than that one at, at, at a couple of points. Christ. And that's never been really fixed. See, that's the problem with this old paradigm. Fukushima, okay? Japan is mortally wounded with radiation. Uh, collapsed at my side. We have been documenting, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of times greater levels of radiation released over broader distances. Cesium, uh, there's been a spike in mortality in the U.S. as a result of Fukushima. A 35% spike in uh, uh, neonatal uh, uh, mortality uh, right after Fukushima in Japan uh, here here P- Pacific Northwest oh San Francisco North um, and 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 Japan is mortally wounded with radiation and the global f- food supply is now contaminated as a result of the cesium uh, the plutonium and uh, you yeah. know baby food was just found detected the other day with uh, radiation in yeah, it. yeah really in yeah. Japan or in America in Japan but that could have been easily sent to America do we buy their baby food I hope not Wow. So th- how do they fix that? Is it, is it possible to fix that area? That area is fucked, right? Um, I mean, it's going to go through the ground. For the next 30 or 40,000 years, that's the half-life of cesium. Uh, so it's, okay, so, yeah, no, that's, it's permanently um, unusable. Uh, and, and what they're finding is that uh, the birds have, uh, have eaten radioactive seeds and they're shitting out radioactive oh poop god. all over New Zealand now. Oh my god. See, and so that's a mortal wound to the global economy. And, Holy and, shit. Uh, you know, that's what we do at, you know, at 
collapsed it, I bring all the stuff all together so we can get a real picture of how bad things really are. So is it safe to say that CollapseNet is the last place you should go if you're thinking about getting some sleep? If you, it's like 11 o'clock at night. You're like, man, I'll get some shit on. Well, let's check online, see what's going on. Let me head over to CollapseNet. Yeah, and then you find yourself sweating and, and making you, coffee at 5 a.m. If you go to his website, fuck? you immediately see this poor sad guy. <laughs> you're like, yeah. ah. Some dude was at the stock market watching his house explode. Yeah. Uh, what we've become yacht's melting. is like we're, we're the place where Occupy around the world goes to find out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. We're clearinghouse. What really trustworthy, useful information right right now. Mm-hmm. I'm really tight with the Occupy folks. You know, I'm, I'm an Occupier. I was in Santa Rosa. You know, and and uh, and deeply is that, is that the next civilization? Because you know, uh, this is one of the things that I'm hearing from people lately. The Occupy folks is uh, not just a, the standard. You know, we want these motherfuckers out. They're they're saying we could all live together here. We could gr- grow our own shit. We could you know we could form a community. Just take this somewhere else. That's what I keep hearing now that you never used to hear before. It's like everybody wants to open up their own Waco compound. <laughs> you know, everybody, yeah. Everybody's ready to do it on their own. Those, and I don't mean that in a bad way. No, no, I mean I, that I in, you. you know what Waco could have been. I don't know. But how can you even say that? What Waco could have been? But the idea behind <laughs> it to have a community. Can you say that. Well, not Waco. <laughs> Why does it always go bad, man? How come no cult leader can come along and? actually make a badass cult and everybody's cool with each other well you know all those people at waco were murdered yes south delta yes that that was horrendous you know what was it rules of engagement is that the documentary that Mm -hmm. details it and shows you their fucking tanks with flamethrowers shooting into these people's houses they crushed people inside their houses ran over them with tanks lit that place on fire see that, that that's that's a fact. I mean, this, you can't avoid that. We've been watching all of these crimes taking place right in front of us. Yeah. All our lives, man. I mean, 2000 election was stolen right in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do anything. And that's, you know, that's, that's been, uh, you know, uh, I carry a lot of rage over the 35 years I've been doing this, too. But one of my biggest angers is if, if you'd only listen to, to me 30 years ago, this might not happen. If you'd listen to Iran-Contra people, if you'd listen to... Uh, you know, all of the protest movements, it, it, uh, 9-11, if you would listen to, 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 to 2003 invasion of nobody, th- th- this country never mustered the will to call the crimes out when they saw them because they were there for everybody to see. And now we're all kind of going, well, yeah, of course that happened. And of course that happened. And it's amazing how this is all predicted by the founding fathers. You know, they, they knew that everything was going to yeah. get slippery and things were going to get weird. The fact that Benjamin Frank, Franklin was the one who said, he who chooses security over liberty deserves neither. They, they did understand. It's amazing that they figured and, it out but you back know, then. If, if you go back, especially, you know, I'm a big fan of Tom Jefferson, you know, who said you need a revolution every generation. You're damn right you do. Tear everything up, start over again, and, you know. Can't we just Rodney King this motherfucker? Can't we just all get along? Why can't we all just get along? How, co- how about these cunts who are running the world just get their shit together without us having to but, you know, rise up? Can't you guys evolve? They're going to have to die off, right? The older ones are going to have to die off. They're just way too set in their ways. The people that were willing to call Waco and actually have that happen, they didn't understand the impact of the media because it hadn't really become apparent yet. No. They didn't know. They thought they were going to get away with business as usual because they come from a long career of doing that, yeah. and that's just how they get shit done. They didn't think that there was going to be a video camera that was going to take film footage of it and make it into a documentary, explain everything, and show it in slow motion in great detail. Mm-hmm. That had never been done before, mm-hmm. but it's done, and you what? can see it. 
once you know that's actually a, a good point for the way media and and all this gear has been useful in the occupy movement around the world i mean the, the, it, anonymous is out there kicking ass right now you know yeah. and uh and and so this this is kind of a dimension which i think it's is a fucking movie is what is it ours. is oh yeah it's, it's a movie i mean this is a great action film right now it's a lot, of, a lot of crazy shit going down. I mean, this is V for Vendetta sequel. On the, on the World News Desk, I, I, I analyze like 200 stories a day, 150 stories a day. And we, that's how we bring you the news from all over the world. These really good stories. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching some of the shit happening. I'm going, pass the fucking popcorn. I mean, it's, right. it's like I can't believe some of the crazy stuff I'm seeing right now. Where is it all going to end? Does it is it is there a, a real obvious? You've been really good at predicting a lot of shit, man. You you predicted like pretty much every single big economic event that's mm. happened. You you were on that before. You were right with Peter Schiff. You were on that. You were predicting that stuff like way back in the way day. Back, yeah. What do you see now? When you're looking at it now, what do you, where do you see it end? What's what, your prediction for how it ends? Okay, what, or or rather, comes to a, a, a um, you know balance again. Where we are right now where we are right now is like um, the mega end to climax at the end of act two. Okay. Um, uh, the global economy is imploding right now. Europe is dead and there's 1.4 quillion quadrillion dollars in derivatives out there that are imploding because money, like, like I said in the movie, that's exactly what I, that's exactly the point I was on in this. Whoa, this is spooky. <laughs> anyway, money, you can't, it has no power. Money only has power because of energy and resources, okay? And you can print an infinite amount of money, but we live on a finite planet, and we're running out of all the stuff that makes that money have any power. The money itself has no power. And that's the big adjustment that's, that's civilization is, is collapsing. There are six billion people living here now only because of cheap energy. And our population has gone straight like that since the, the discovery of oil. And it always goes like that, and then it crashes. And that's, we're on the cusp of the crash right now. You, so you think we're on a cusp not, of, not just of an uh, economic collapse, but a biological disaster? Everything. Um, what is, I mean, how are you going to get rid of that many people? Well, uh, well. Uh, you think this gee, is you can let, let all the radiation out of Fukushima. You can let all the oil out of the, the Gulf. Uh, you can let uh, billions of tons of methane that is now being released from the uh, uh, tundra in Arctic Siberia. Uh, it's a catastrophic event for uh, a, a, a tipping point. We've destroyed the environment as well. That's going to kill a lot of people, but there are 10 calories of hydrocarbon energy in every calorie of food consumed in the industrialized world. The energy is going away. And, and the, uh, the topsoil they used to grow food on is nothing but dust. It's a sponge on, on which they pour chemicals made from oil and natural gas. So people are going to starve to death. Holy shit. So it should have never got this crazy in the first place. We got way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Technology got far enough ahead that we could support gigantic groups of people, and we sort of like bought a car on credit. I'm going to mess with your mind. Please do. I'm going to stand by. The people that do this, the people that run the infinite growth monetary paradigm system, which to, to, to identify now, I would say would be the owners of uh, the Federal Reserve, the Bank of International Settlements in the city of London. Let's start there. Those, uh, uh, they've known that this outcome was coming for a long time. 
and they are they are they are engineering and they are making money from this now. The sick bastards are deliberately letting things crash. So they've engineered it, they're profiting from it, and then when it crashes, what happens then? If if I mean, do, does does it crash to a point where money is useless and we start all over again? Or it crashes to the point where we have a thermonuclear war that we're on the, the, the cusp of right now over an invasion of Iran for bullshit reasons and a, a regime change in Syria, which will bring in China immediately on Iran's side in a thermonuclear conflict. We could blow ourselves to smithereens. So why are we doing that? Why are we even thinking about doing that? Um, the parable of the scorpion and the turtle, okay? Oh, Jesus. I hate that one. <laughs> I use it all the time. Oh, you know it. I know it. I'm okay, sure. okay. They're scorpions. They cannot. That's all they know how to do. Yeah. Uh, make money on the way up. Make money on the way down. And this is pure evil because they know what the outcome of this is. They know that the outcome of their actions would be either through climate change to uh, kill all life on this planet, which is well underway. We're having massive uh, mass extinctions now. Uh, run it economically into the ground. Pollute it. Uh, blow everything up. They're doing all of that. <laughs> yeah. And for those who aren't aware of the parable of the scorpion and the toad, the scorpion asks the toad to give him a ride across the water. Oh. And the toad says, I can't do that. You'll sting me and kill me. He goes, why would I do that? He goes, if I did that, we would both drown. So he goes, okay. And he gives him a ride, and in the middle of the water, the scorpion stings him. And he starts to die. And he says, well, what the fuck? And the scorpion says, it's in my nature. I'm a scorpion. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't the scorpion die in that also? Though? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's the point of this peril. You know, that it's ridiculous, but it is what's going down, right? I mean, it, no one thinks that this can go on forever. Do they think that they could just ride the, the, the asteroid before impact and die? Like, uh, right, right before everything falls apart, they're like 80, 90. They're really not going to make it to 2020 or whenever it is. It's there are. Mad Max. There, well, it's supposed to be 2012. You know? According to the Mayans, but they couldn't even predict their own demise, those silly boys, well, those silly people. There's a lot of prophecies that are, you know, that are lining up coincidentally, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I ascribe to that. I'm, I'm a detective. Well, you know, I think it's really fascinating that, to think that there could have been alternate paths for intelligence, you know, that the, the path that Western civilization went on with our interpretation of reality and our construction methods and all the different things, that the, the way that we have expressed our, tech, our, our intelligence, mm -hmm. that it could very well be, and it's been proven to be in, in Egypt and in the Mayans, and th there was, a, there was a, an incredibly brilliant society that operated very, very much different than ours. Mm -hmm. An amazing, different way to think. While one group part of the world was thinking about something else, they were studying constellations and building these amazing mm -hmm. stone structures that mm -hmm. really are, are mind-boggling. And then when they find out that there's thousands of them still undiscovered in Mexico and South America, that they're just, they, they, the trees grew over them. Mm -hmm. But there was a, a great culture down there, an amazing culture, completely alien to what exists right now on Earth. But, yeah, I, I, and they operated on a different operating system. I mean, as, yeah. as, as you were saying that, I was having visions of uh, First Nations, uh, Native Americans, having really essentially perfected their religion in that they lived in a, in a very balanced way with their environment. Yeah. Uh, and... But, see, that's a different operating system. It, it, it's like a different vibration inside completely. Um, it, it's, it, it, I don't know if you've ever done any psychedelics or anything like that, but it's kind of what you get on like a DMT trip or something. Right. You know, you see other dimensions, and you become so much more aware of other realities and other truths. 
And really what I think what's happening now as, as the old, the infinite growth paradigm is dying. It's obviously dying. I mean, anybody who can't see the collapse of human industrial civilization now needs to be Darwinianly deselected. I mean, you know. So how do we get through this? Do we get through this without a die-off or it has to be, there mm -hmm. has to be a die-off? I think that the, the way we get through this, first of all, is to realize that there's no we. Uh, in other words, for all seven billion of us. Um, uh, uh, so we gotta cut off the rest of the world build up a fence no <laughs> not not that either what what you have to do is form your own communities of 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 of, of people who have the same consciousness and mm -hmm. you can do it in a big city um where i live in west sonoma county it's just ripe with that we're, we're like one of the one of the test beds for that so there's a um, lot of a lot of hippie pussy yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very important. Matter if you're gonna, fact, yeah. If you're gonna have a, a some sort of a cult, you gotta have hot hippie pussy. Mm, yeah, you know. If you're gonna start your own civilization out in the woods, can't do it with just dudes. God. <laughs> you know? That yeah. shit's gonna get boring. Yeah, and, and and there really is a lot to be said for being very in touch with uh, with nature and the rhythms of the planet because it, you know, once you become aware of them, some they're very sensual and and they're very um, you know once you really start to plug into and. and connect with some of the life that goes on but most people in the world don't have any clue about that yeah it would be nice if we could all like break off into like-minded groups of really nice people so you would guarantee that your community would just be really fucking cool you know no ego issues everybody's had a few mushroom trips yeah. you know you know people like to do yoga they don't fuck with you they don't tell you that your music sucks right you know we, we it's so difficult to get that though we, we there's so many human beings now when you fly over cities, do you, do you ever look out in amazement at what a crazy structure like Los Angeles really truly is? And you see the lights? Like when you flew in here, mm -hmm. did you fly in at night? No, I, I, we, we drove. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, I have flown into L.A. It's ridiculous, 100 right? million times. And yeah. you fly in at night. I yeah. very rarely fly in at night, but I did recently. And flying in, you see it, you're like, how is this not science fiction? How is this not some crazy Blade Runner fucking movie? Just the way it looks. You know, flying well, yeah. into this giant grid of artificial light. Motherboard. You know? It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, so, it's, so, uh, it's such a thing that we take for granted. You remember my friend Larry? Mm -hmm. Larry had this house in the Hollywood Hills, and uh, you would look out at night. And I never realized, like, why does everybody want to live in the Hollywood Hills? The fucking pollution's up there. It's shitty. What a fucking vision mm -hmm. that view is. The view of the Los Angeles skyline at night, like it doesn't look good in the day. In the day, you're just looking down at like gray shit yeah. and pollution. But at nighttime, you, you're seeing this crazy electronic Tron grid. Yes. You know, I mean, it's really amazing. I mean, it's, we, don't, we don't see it because we're down in it and a part of it. Right. But what a bizarre thing we've created. Uh, well, you know, part of that is, is also it's unnatural. Yeah. In other words, that, those collections of lights definitely do, shouldn't be here in Southern California because there's no water here. You know. Well, I also have a theory that it's bad for our consciousness to have these things at uh -huh. night because we're not allowed to see the stars then. We're not a, a, able to see right. the stars. I think that's not good for people. I think people, I think a, oh. a couple stars in the sky, those are too abstract. No. You know, the moon, like, oh, there's my friend the moon. I'm yeah. used to him. The, the, the image of the starry nights in Nebraska when you're driving on the highway and you just pull over the car and you open the door and look up and you go, holy shit, yeah. get out of the car, get out yeah. of the car, look at this. Yeah. And you lie on the hood of your fucking car for hours 
just staring up at the goddamn Milky Way. Mm-hmm. But we don't get to see that. We don't get to see that because we want to keep everything lit up at night. And because of that, you, you, you don't get that humility, well, that, I, humi- that realization well, that you're yeah, in front of the infinite. Yeah. Yeah. That you're experiencing an impossible vision Connected. of incredible beauty. Connected. Yeah, and, it, we, and we've sacrificed it for streetlights. Yeah. For streetlights, we've sacrificed the most incredible thing you could ever see, and very few people ever get to see it, and it's right above your head. You don't get to see it. You just don't. You don't get to see it for what it really is. There's an old story. Uh, uh, it's amazing. From John Donne. It was, it was some early Christian monk, uh, a story about a guy who was riding around on, a, on, on an ass all day, a donkey, looking for a donkey. In other words, it's like, I'm trying to find God, I'm trying to find God, and, you, and you're swimming in it, but you're just not aware of it. Um, and it's that shift in consciousness. Now, we've we got 7 billion people on the planet now. So not everybody's going to get to do this. In, <laughs> in, this is where stuff gets really hairy. This is Whenever look, someone says something like that, yeah. we're going to have to kill them. Gonna... No, they're going to die. You know, I don't want to kill anybody. But death is inevitable. Come on. Right. You know, but, Dude, that's um, a lot. That's a big number, though. So, 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 How many so, people do you believe in the Georgia Guidestones? Do you believe there should only be like 500 million on the whole planet? I believe that there is a balance that can be achieved that's probably much greater than that if, if mankind were to live with permaculture. I would, think we need more than 500 million, though, oh, just yeah, to course. fight off the animals. I don't think we're going to get to choose what the number's going to be. I think the, the way we are right now with animals, that it's very rare that an animal attacks you. I think this is the perfect place to be. The animals we're are just, pissed off, too. Yeah, they can suck my dick, all right? They're all animals. I'm on team people. If we're just out there dominating to the point where we don't have to worry about them eating our children, you mm-hmm. know, right there, I think that's good. Because this is a rare point in history. People have sort of forgotten that at one point in time, just 50,000 years ago, fucking blink of the eye, everywhere you went, you could have got eaten. You know, everywhere exactly. you went. you just animal, wild animals everywhere. 50,000 years ago, there was fucking saber-toothed tigers were still around. Well, you know, but there's, there was always a balance. Humans rose to a population of uh, two or three million, stayed there for a long, estimated five million. But it, it was stable for more than, well, more than a thousand years at like a billion people on the planet. Wow. It was bad, you know, but That's even amazing. then uh, we were still overusing resources. We were still chopping down all the forests in Europe because all of the see all of these all the colonial expansion was to find more resources to consume. We've reached the end of the planet. You know, there's no more places to go discover to get more stuff. So how do you stop people from breeding? Because k- kids are awesome. <laughs> I love having kids. It's like one of my favorite things in life. So how, is that the part of the problem? I mean, it can't be. It can't be a one or two people. I mean, that you make. What it, it, the, it, no. the real problem is a lack of resources, well, right? The real problem. Yeah. Isn't it possible that there could be some sort of a scientific discovery, some something, something that changes the game as far as the way we can, you know, we can harness energy that could possibly pull us in a in a more positive direction than a complete and total collapse? No. Like some sort of a skid in? No, nothing. It's <laughs> no. impossible. Damn. No. Um, uh, We're fucked, period. Well, uh, there, there are now... Um, you should have a t-shirt and sell it on your website, though, by the way. It says, We're fucked. We're fucked? Yeah. That would be great. Uh, I, on, I have uh, to think about what to put on the backside. <laughs> um, there are one billion internal combustion-powered vehicles on the planet today. One billion. Oh, my God. They all run on oil, okay? And it took untold 
tens of thousands of gallons of oil to make the vehicle. You got to mine right. the ore, you got to melt it, you got to formula. The paints are oil, yeah. plastic is oil, blah, 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 blah. So it took all the oil to make that. So even if some new technology appeared today, you couldn't plug it into any internal combustion powered vehicle and make it work. There's seven gallons of oil in every tire. Yeah, how, much, how many gallons of oil are there in electric cars? Uh, it, it, it depends on how big the car is. I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, must be a lot though, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean is, is, is it impossible to make a car without using oil? Yeah, impossible. Well, well and even an electric car. Uh, okay, you have and to, an electric car, you also have to worry about conflict minerals that are powering your batteries. Right. Electricity is not an energy source. Electricity has to be generated. How do you generate yeah. it? By burning oil, by burning coal, by burning natural gas, or a nuclear reactor. Jesus Christ. Okay, so electricity is no answer. It still has to be generated. And most of our electricity in the U.S. is natural gas and coal. We're addicted to electricity. And once we got addicted to electricity, then we multiplied like rats. Electricity is the lifeblood of human industrial civilization. Keeps the refrigerator on. Keeps the TV running. It keeps credit cards circulating. It keeps, keeps your, your iPhone running. charged up. <laughs> no electricity, no economy. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. What a, what a mess. I mean, they had that big blackout down, down here, down in San Diego. You know, yeah. And uh, whoa, whoa, that was a bucket of cold water in the face because that was real panic. That was a yeah. multi-state. Those are going to be... It was in the summer, right? Yeah. Those yeah. are going to be Spot coming... Out. And eventually, they're going to be permanent. Mm. The power won't be coming back on again. <sighs> Isn't there a way to keep the power on? <laughs> Dude, come on. I like refrigerated food. Yeah, I, I like yeah, TV. Yeah. There's got to be a way out of this. Okay, now. Help us. Uh, help those that want to be helped. In, in, in the movie. Do we all have to live in the woods. No. No. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of the woods. <laughs> okay. No. In the movie, I told the story about campers being attacked by a bear yes okay now if if you're in a camp and a big bear attacks the camp you do not have to be faster than the bear you only have to be faster than the slowest camper period that's the lesson for everybody here who becomes aware of collapse the slow campers the zombies as we call them are going to be out there zombies until the last minute you know when when nothing is working anymore and people are starving to death and they're going to go and say well gee i don't understand this is going to come back any second the faster campers, the ones worthy of Darwinian selection, are, have, are, there are tens of millions of us around the world already moving. Local food production, first and foremost, start growing food wherever you are right now. And, it, but, but, and then building communities and disengaging from that paradigm. So those are the people who are going to make it. You know, uh, and and some areas and some regions won't. But see, I get to see this all over the world. Uh, as a result of collapse, I got. Do you have to be somewhere everywhere. where you're not going to need a car? Because uh, this is not an issue, and eventually we're going to run out of oil. Right? Yeah. Is that close? Well, no. There'll always be oil in the ground. I mean, gasoline. No. I mean, like, when do yeah. you think? When do you think it'll be an issue where you won't be able to get gas? Is that is that something you foresee? It, it's an issue in this country right now. We've had massive fuel shortages, diesel shortages that have paralyzed uh, diesel for your the trucks. the upper Midwest, Canada. Really? Uh, yeah, and, and it's happening all over the world right now. You don't see it. We have we bring you the stories on CollapseNet. Johannesburg, South Africa, gas station shut down. India, Pakistan, falling apart because they can't get the oil. Um, so it, that's a problem that's going to get worse and worse and worse. It won't be like turning a switch. You have oil one day and gas one day and no gas the next day. It becomes harder to get, et cetera, et cetera. Why is gas cheaper, though, right now than it was, like, say, three years ago, though? That's a result also of the fact that the economy is much slower. 
96% correlation between greenhouse gas emission and GDP growth. You don't grow the economy without burning oil and natural gas. Wow. So, so there's less demand now. So, but how did, when, when Bush was leaving office, though, how did they get away with jacking the gas through the fucking roof? Because it was almost like it was, I almost heard like the Rolling Stones playing, hoo hoo, like playing in the background yeah. while they were doing it. Because yeah. it, it seemed like, like you know, they were, they were going out in the blaze of glory. Please in meet a you. Francis Ford Coppola movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, at the end of it, it was like they jacked it up to like $5 a gallon, and everybody's like, what the fuck? Well, people were like, couldn't drive themselves to work. It got to be a real panic. That was a direct product. I mean, it, it wasn't George Bush, Dick Cheney, or uh, Hank Paulson, or somebody like that flipping a switch saying, okay, we're going to put gas at five bucks. No. It was a superheated economy. We were growing then. At, at, at the end of 2007, we were at, and so the faster you grow, the more energy you consume. Again, but you reach a point as a result of peak oil where you need more cheap oil than you can find. You've eaten all the low-hanging fruit. You found all the cheap oil. It's not inexhaustible. Deepwater Horizon is a result of us being desperate to go out and get oil. It's more and more expensive to get. So the economy got so hot that the oil prices spiked because that was what demand was doing at the time. There was some minor stuff with spec, but it's, it's fundamentally peak oil. And 147 a barrel oil is what shut, shut us down in 2008. And we're just about to hit another place right now with oil at 100, 105. That's going to shut everything down because people are so much more broke than they were in 2008. Uh, and we're looking at uh, a possible attack on Iran. We're looking at Saudi Arabia possibly collapsing. Iraq's now in civil war just a week after we pulled our troops out. Yeah, isn't that insane? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the U.S. is getting bitch slapped around the world right now. The uh, Iraq thing is insane. I mean, they, 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 they took a day. They fell apart like immediately, like from the get-go. Actually, on the same day that the last uh, U.S. troops left Iraq, uh, Nouri al-Maliki had a, had a uh, delegation fly to Syria, to, to Damascus, to meet with uh, President al-Assad because the U.S. is trying to overthrow Assad because he's an ally of Iran. And, and uh, al-Maliki, who was a Shiite, was starting to side with Syria. So the U.S. You know, and Israel have been very intent on attacking Iran, which is a stupid suicidal move. I mean, it'll, it'll kill all of us because no, the world can't do without oil. And that'll shut down the Gulf and China will back. It's ugly. So what is, what's the motivation for this? What's the motivation to invade Iran? Oil. To control the oil. And, and, and because Iran is truly a regional power uh, that can threaten U.S. Western control of the region. But what's happening now, as the Western economies fail, right, Europe is toast and, 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 and our, our economies in the shitter and getting much worse all the time, China and, uh, w has been growing faster, but China's now starting to fall apart. But China is, is, is more of a, a, an economic powerhouse than we are now. So the people that have the oil will go to those who can pay more for it, China. Uh, See, when I look at us invading Iran... It, what, 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 what freaks me out is that that seems like that's a real country. Not that Iraq mm -hmm. isn't a real country, but it was run by a dictator. It was run by a guy who was inarguably completely fucked up. We put him in power. He was an evil man. He had evil children. He just, it was a fucking mess. Mm -hmm. And then, you, okay, we're in Afghanistan. Well, it's sort of a crazy situation in Afghanistan, but there's a bunch of warlords <laughs> running the country, and there's really only one city. Mm -hmm. It's Kabul, and it's a really unusual place. You know, it's, like, it's almost like there is no government anywhere. And 80, 80 or 90% of the world's opium. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 
you talk about Iran, you're like, okay, Iran is a real country. Okay, now you're you're dealing with a superpower. You, you hit it right on the head. Yeah, this is a, this is like we we've stepped out of the okay. We're just going after you know Banana Republic, fucked up countries that are run by crazy dudes and uh, you know have, who have no power, who are obviously humiliated by us just a, a yeah. decade earlier. You want to know the biggest difference between Iran and Iraq? Iran has had those same borders since the time of of, of Xerxes. Jesus Christ. Two, uh, a thousand years BC, okay? Jesus Christ. That's been Iran's borders. The borders of Iraq were drawn by Winston Churchill with a pen or a pencil in 1921 after the end of World War One, And Iraq was, was, Iran is all Shia Muslim. It's all homogeneous people. Iraq is Sunnis, Shias, Kurds. Uh, you know, they've got some Hashemite. And so Iraq really shouldn't be a country Nature wouldn't have made it a country. It was politically drawn that way. And that's a big weakness for Iraq and a big strength for Iran. And I think people sort of felt something in, in, in that way. Like when we entered our, Iraq, it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, a fucked up place already. It's really a good idea to get rid of this guy. No matter what you think about going to Iraq, it's like we know that this guy's crazy. We know that you know, if he really does have nuclear power, we are fucked. And, of course, Saddam Hussein had absolutely nothing, nothing. to do with 9-11. Yeah. He had no weapons of mass destruction. It's amazing. He had no chemical agents. And yet that's the same shit bloody Barack Obama's trying to stuff down our throats right now. With Iran. Exactly. And that's the button that Ron Paul hits. And that's the bullshit button. I have a friend, uh, Dmitry Orlov. He's Russian. He survived the collapse. Of, and he's a writer. Brilliant guy. Good friend. He calls it the aha moment. It's the moment when in, in, in the old Soviet Union when everybody went... Aha, it's collapsed. It's not working. It's not credible. Nobody believes it. And Ron Paul is bringing that aha moment. You know, like the emperor's new clothes when everybody in this country real, looks at every other sane person in this country and says, Jesus Christ, this is all corrupt, crooked. We're not. And, and all of a sudden we all see it. Do you think another country is going to get some sort of a nuclear power and it's going to become an issue? Do you think that's what's going to happen to us? No. Because, uh, I mean, that is right. the only argument whatsoever about suppressing other nations. The only argument that it's like, you know, yeah, we got nuclear power, but yeah. nobody else can have it because it's fucked up. We used it once. We feel real bad about it, but we don't trust you with it. I mean, the idea yeah. that you would want to stop all these bad guys from creating nuclear power and nuclear, not nuclear power, rather, but nuclear weapons yeah. is a, something, it's a consideration if you, you're dealing with a really volatile country in the first place. I think our, 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 our biggest concern now is not some other nation getting, because it, it's enormously expensive and energy intensive to enrich uranium and, and to make the warheads. Believe me, that's the, what I come from. That's the background that I come from when I had the clearance when I was living with my parents. Uh, so I don't think we need to worry about any, anybody learning how to do it or making new. What we've got is uh, is hundreds of thousands of nuclear that are already out there. That are it's already there. We've got there's. Uh, so we shouldn't be worried about Iran. We should be worried about the shit that was missing in the Soviet Union. We we just right? had, we just uh, put up a story on collapse that it was from a Japanese paper. Uh, Max may remember, but it was a good Japanese paper that there's like 700 pounds of enriched uranium that are missing from Fukushima. Wow. This stuff is swimming all over the world right now. <sighs> so enriched uranium, if you, 
refresh my memory. It is a was it enriched a byproduct? Plutonium. It, uh, yeah. Anyway, enriched uranium is like that's the stuff that they the 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 issues with uh, weapons and Gulf War syndrome, right? Uh, no, that's, that's the same. That's, oh, depleted, that's uranium. depleted uranium. Depleted uranium. That's different. Right. Okay. Enriched uranium is is is, is uranium that's that, nuclear weapons grade that you process with with heavy water with centrifuges with in various ways to concentrate. The atoms of uh, it's either U two thirty five or two U two thirty eight that give you the energy, but it's it's like packing the punch to enrich it uh, to make it fissile, so that in, in a reactor when you pull the right, it'll, it'll create the heat because all a, a nuclear reactor really is is a boiling water pot. Albert Einstein looked looked at the first nuclear reactor. He said it's a hell of a way to boil water, and and that's where all the energy comes from out of every nuclear plant. It's just boiling water and steam. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, most people don't even know. They just know that there's a nuclear reactor and they figure somehow or another they get that into an electricity line or something. You know what I mean? I mean, the the idea yeah. behind it is that when you look at it that way, it's like, wow, that's pretty crazy primitive. Yeah. What a what a nutty fucking animal human beings are. Yeah. Splitting atoms for our own power and yeah. then when the, you know, when they shut off or they, you know, get hit by a tsunami. Well, here's the catch. As Collapse proceeds, and as, as it gets worse, as nations, you know, we're seeing sovereign debt, governments going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. uh, TEPCO is going bankrupt. Japan's going to nationalize it, but Japan's got a bigger debt than anybody else, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, as collapse proceeds, our, our ability to deal with Fukushima-like events is going to diminish greatly. Because we have resources. There are 450 nuclear reactors in the world that are running, and if we don't shut them down and collapse proceeds, they're going to kill everything anyway. How the fuck did we get this screwed up so quickly? Pretty stupid, huh? It's amazing. It's amazing what an impact just the last few hundred years humans have had on the Earth. You know, to think about how innocuous we were for the first million years of our existence. In the last couple of hundred years, we just, like a firecracker with a long fuse. That, that last couple hundred years was energy. Yeah. That's when we discovered the energy. It's amazing. Coal, oil. Is, you know. Why can't we see what we're doing? I mean, what, it, what, what kind of a weird thing are people where they have such an amazing ability to control their environment and to influence their environment, and we can't, for whatever reason, we can't feel what we're doing bad to the environment. It's almost like we, we have much more power and much more ability than we have the natural ability to, to uh, perceive yeah. the impact of this power. That's the it's disconnect. It's almost like, yeah, the disconnect. That's, that's, that's what happened. That's what it is, right? When, when the devil, whoever it was, wrote that into Genesis 1 saying, God saying, I give you dominion over this earth. No, see, we are not God. Is it a mad scramble to figure it out? Is that what it is? I mean, do you think that the way humans have to evolve at a, an incredibly rapid pace, like uh, sociologically or consciously, to just to try to catch up with the technology that's evolving around us? It's almost like this mad scramble is in place. It almost has to be in place just to keep up with where, where technology is going. I call that, I gave a speech in uh, Grass Valley. That's up on the CollapseNet website. Uh, the speech was called The Birth of Post-Petroleum Human. And I coined a line in that. Uh, I said, we, we, the people of the, post, uh, of the new consciousness, will live in the spaces between the ones and the zeros of Cartesian tyranny. Oh, that's pretty badass. Where they can't get us. That should be on a Hallmark card. You know, and, 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 and but, <laughs> but, but that's what this is. You know, right. this is... This is like Cartesian tyranny is like somebody 
uh, somebody hitting the crack pipe, you know, just two, two seconds before they die and they weigh eight pounds, you know? Uh, you, it's, it's insane because it's supremely arrogant. Uh, in other words, ones and zeros can't measure heart and soul, but music does. Fighting does. And there's no, that's not a one and zero thing. It's, it's something that exists outside mm -hmm. of, that, of those measurements and those controls. Um, and that's really what I think the Occupy movement is really exemplifying really well. So they feel victimized by ones and zeros and the manipulation and corruption of the system that manages the ones and zeros. And they're screaming out from the visceral part of their, their the, from the mind, from the instinct that's telling them this mm -hmm. is a fucking mess. So when that woman says, or when they say, what are you occupying? She says, everything. everything. That's it. You that's know, when I was it. saying that the Occupy people are sort of like white blood cells and they're just gathering around Ooh, this illness good. and they don't even know what they're going to do with it, but they're, they're gathering around all the sick spots. There was a reason why, and, and I, got, I got deeply involved in that uh, when I saw the, the violence. And, and I've been an activist a long time, and I know, I know a lot of veterans. I know a lot of special forces and SEALs. And when I saw Oakland and when I saw that, all the unforgivable, Violence. I was a good cop in the city. I was, I, I was sick. I was as sick as I was when I saw the Rodney King beating happen. You know, I was just sick to my heart. But so were many of us. And when Shamar Thomas did his thing, Shamar's been a guest on my radio show. I love. He's, he's way cool. He's he, he's having a hard time dealing with the celebrity. I say get used to it. You know. Uh, uh, but there were so many of us at so many levels who stepped up because we we were so totally offended by that. Um, but Occupy was threatening. And the reason Occupy threatened, and there was a Homeland Security coordinated the shutdown of all the cities. We had that on CollapseNet. Uh, we threatened them. The tent was so, such a powerful symbol because you've never seen a fucking mortgage on a tent, have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's freedom. That's the symbol. And in the space that was created, in, in, in my spirituality, it's very important to create it and hold a sacred space you know, where the magic can happen. And the Occupy spaces, there was such magic happening. People were connecting and people were waking up to each other and the learning curve was going so, yeah, okay, the list of demands. And people were just figuring shit out. One of the first things that uh, NYPD took out of Zuccotti Park was the library. They had to get, and they threw all the books away and all of my books were in what? there. Yeah, they, they took them right to a dumpster and disposed of them. Because people would just be in the library the entire time? People, the light people were come people were unplugging from the matrix so but why would they get rid of the library just to, because they were using it to, they were hanging out there like what would they, why would they close the library and throw all the books away why did hitler burn the books really i mean so that they they're they're worried that the, that's where they're going to get all their information from this library what they're afraid or is of. it just a place to hang out they're trying to eliminate well, what they just hate gay sex this at is libraries. The, this, is, this is a, you know it's a big science that you know, in mass psychology, when you reach a certain percentage of the people, 7% solution, whatever it is, all of a sudden everybody starts getting it. Mm -hmm. That's what they were afraid of. Um, so they closed the library? They didn't close it. They, 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 they threw the books away. They did the equivalent of burning the books. They disposed of them. Wow. That's but bizarre. There were a couple thousand books in that bizarre library. bizarre that anybody could really rationalize that being a good idea. That's amazing. Well, That's amazing. Like, you know... And that's the other thing about this NDAAA thing yeah. that drives me crazy. Yeah. Or NDAA, uh, National Defense Authorization Act, where they're proposing that they can just arrest people. 
They don't have to have a warrant. They just have to have a, a, an idea that somehow or another you're a threat to America. And they can indefinitely suspend you. And they won't do it because they're good guys. Don't worry. It's just, just in case. But no, you can't have just in case. No. That's crazy. You, it's crazy that it's gotten to the point where anybody would even consider saying yes do, to that. Do you know in Japan, they can just arrest you for 29 days. And in those 29 days, they can torture you. And most of the time, they'll get people to like say things or, and write things off. And then they'll... Uh, prosecute them completely. Wow. It's, That's it, amazing. It's written in the U.S. Constitution in the Bill of Rights. Congress shall pass no law. Boom. Freedom of speech, everything else. Okay, the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Congress has just passed a law that violates the Constitution. Yeah. And the president wants it, and he, and he hasn't signed it because we made... Bloody still, Barack. So he still hasn't signed. As, as far as I can tell, and today is been a uh, huge outcry. What is today? The twenty fifth. Twenty seventh. Seventh. Yeah, I don't even know what day it is. December twenty seventh. Yeah. Okay. So, so he he probably will. Um, Has he expressed? I mean, he said he would veto it initially, right? A long time ago, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think so. No. I, not that I've heard. I, I'm expecting him to sign it. I had read somewhere that the, when it was first being proposed, that people weren't worried if it got through the Senate because the president said he would veto it. Uh, do you think it's possible the president lies? So, so shocking. <laughs> it's just so shocking that they would literally change what America is. The whole idea of America is land of the free, home of the brave, with liberty and justice for all. Uh-huh. That was like the founding principles mm-hmm. of this great experiment. Mm-hmm. Liberty and justice. And those words are so fucking important because people don't understand yes, that like, they are. this idea of security being more important is absolutely fucking crazy because guess what? You're, you're pretty goddamn secure. You, you feel like, do you feel bad? Do you, you feel like the enemy's all around you and terrorism is everywhere? You look? It's not. It's not. There's a few isolated examples, and they're using those isolated examples to fuck you and to control you completely. Pat down seven-year-old girls in the airport, make you stand where your weenie's hanging in the x-ray machine. I Listen, mean, I'm, I'm all for them doing you know, airport security the right way. I'm, I think it's a good idea. It's a smart idea. They've caught some people doing things. But whenever you give people power over other people, I've, I've seen people at the airport, and they maybe he just had a bad day, or maybe they were tired or whatever, mm-hmm. but I've, I've seen them talk to people, and they're kind of shitty to them and real short to them. And I've seen the opposite. I've seen people at the TSA that are real friendly and real cool. Mm-hmm. And whenever you have that possibility, that a human being's day and emotions, and that factors into how someone is, is uh, interrogated or someone is, uh, is handled going through the airport, that someone could just be in a bad mood and be short and snippy, and all of a sudden, that shouldn't be even in the equation. That shouldn't be something that people have to deal with when it comes to security. None of that stuff should be in the equation anyway. It should, if if it anything, it should be something nice and simple. You know, you know, just that's conditioning, though. That's that's training. That's getting you used to being fucked with. And uh, you know, so and it's so terrifying to to you know to think that it's possible that there's people out there that would allow things to happen just to tighten down security. You know, they would allow things that they knew could possibly be taking place. Let it happen. Mm. And that way, once it does, we'll tighten up this and this will pass immediately. And then we'll just stick that right in the back door. And no one's going to say a word. Plus, they make, you know, nice businesses and nice government contracts for people where, the, you know, the money gets laundered through all the guys. I mean, it's, it's sick. The whole thing is a, the world is governed by organized crime. And if you think about it, man. Can you point to any government anywhere in the world that you think is doing a good job that its people are going, yeah, my government's really taking care of me? No, because they're all run by the banks. (sighs) Gangsters. 
Dick Cheney's the most obvious gangster of all time, right? Uh, Is he the most obvious? Well, that's aside from getting to the owners of uh, the Fed, the Bank of International Settlement, City of London, finding out who those financial powers would be. Dick, and who Dick, are those people? That's I, the top of the food chain? Is that's, that what it is? Yeah, and... and the, that's the shadow government? We're going to find out more and more about who they are as, as things deteriorate. But Dick, Dick Cheney is, is far, far and away the most evil senior manager I have ever seen in my life. That's kind of what my book, Crossing the Rubicon's about, along with a lot of other things. But Yeah, he was a gangster. I mean, that guy shot his friend in the face and his friend apologized. <laughs> you know, that's as gangster as you get. He was so terrifying. A guy who made a living as the head of a company that fixes shit after we blow it up, and then he gets in office. <laughs> And blows shit up and then makes a fuckload of money fixing it. He killed 3,200 Americans, and I say it in my book, Crossing the Rubicon, proves that Dick Cheney was the mastermind that executed September 11th. I'll take it to court. The book's in the Harvard Business Library. So you believe that he actually engineered it. It's not that they allowed 9-11 to happen. He commanded it. And he did this to in order to get people excited about going to war with Iraq and have whatever power we wanted. And He was fully fully aware of peak oil. Iraq has the second largest oil reserves on the planet. So the only way to do that was to allow planes or no, he, you're, you're saying that he didn't even uh, he didn't allow it, that he was a part of engineering it, that he was a part of like he, he literally said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take some yeah. planes and we're going to fly them into these buildings. Yes. Yeah. Do, do people fly those planes? They trust people to fly those planes or are they remote Those planes controlled? were flown by remote control. Remote but, control. Again, like I come from an Air Force family. That the, the tech. What do you think all these drones are flying around? That's mm-hmm. a, okay, and that technology has been extant with commercial airliners in, in uh, uh, modern avionics for quite some time now. Do you, are you in the school that believes that the buildings were also rigged to implode? All right. Um, I, I'm schizophrenic on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, 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 I don't believe the planes ca- caused the buildings to crash. But what I have said throughout the course of my career, I finished writing Rubicon in 04, was that I wouldn't touch it because you couldn't prove it in court. The book that I wrote is legally admissible in court. There's a chain of evidence. There's no chain of evidence with the buildings. You can't prove it in court. And I'm, st- I'm, I'm still that good cop on the street. I'd like to see somebody's ass go to jail for this. Mm-hmm. So I, when, when I built my case, I built it from the framework of can I get this into court? You can't get building collapse into court because there's no chain of custody on the evidence from the day of September 11th until now. Well, I would wonder it. how you would possibly prove it unless you built something just like it and had the same well, thing happen to it. How could you really prove it? That's because the mistaken didn't issue. Expect, I mean, if, you, if something happened like that, which is an unexpected event, mm-hmm. and it, it caused the building to collapse, which nobody anticipated. I mean, that obviously there was some engineering involved in the construction of those, those buildings, mm-hmm. some like serious engineering. Well, obviously that en- engineering wasn't up to par, wasn't what it should have been. Shouldn't there be some sort of a lawsuit about that? I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't people be freaking out? Like, hey, how come you guys built this thing to take an airplane hit and it can't take a fucking airplane hit? That's assuming that, that, that the uh, court system is honest, too, which I don't. Right. Uh, uh, but again, building... But if there's a dispute, is there any other way to prove that a plane hitting a building wouldn't take it down it's, exactly it, that it, way? That, 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 that's what's called in the intelligence business. That's, that's called a red herring. That's called an issue, the answer to which takes you completely away from the fact that I proved without arguing building collapse that the U.S. government did ex- execute the attacks of 9-11. What was the number one thing? If you could, if you could explain it, there's a lot of people that would never believe that anybody in the position of government would ever do anything like that, anything similar to that, especially anyone who is at the 
head of uh, a position of power in mm-hmm. the United States of America, the greatest country in the world. So what is a number one piece of evidence? All right. This was, uh, this was a piece of uh, work that I did. Ru- Rubicon is, the, I think, the second or third largest selling book about 9-11. Really? It's been read all over the world. U.S. government can't admit that I exist. That's a separate story. We'll get there later. But my original work led me to, I come from an Air Force family. My father was a decorated aviator. He was in the 74th Fighter Interceptor Squadron in Maine uh, during the Korean War, waiting for the Russians to come over the pole. He was a radar intercept officer. So I I grew up being familiar with NORAD and scramble procedures and, 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 and how it worked. When the attacks took place, I saw the second plane hit. I said, something's totally wrong. That could never have happened. That plane would have been shot down a long time ago. That, that's what it was set up for. But on the day. How, how much time was it? Was it less than an hour between the two planes? Uh, 48 minutes, something like that. Um, but on, on, on the day of September 11th, well, you backtrack a little bit. In May of 2001, George Bush gave control of all war game exercises in the country to Dick Cheney never been heard of before. He also, the NORAD scramble procedures were rewritten before the attacks of 9-11. But on the day of September the 11th, I discovered, and I have the, uh, the evidence in the book, including an on-the-record email from an Air Force major, Don Arias at First Air Force in uh, Tyndall Air Force Base. And uh, there were war game exercises that were scheduled. Now, normally the Northeast Air Defense Sector, uh, ANG, Air National Guard pilots, um, there's like, you know, 50, 60 planes available in, in all the states and needs. Uh, uh, but there were war game exercises that Dick Cheney has scheduled that sent like 80% of the fighters from Northeast Air Defense Sector to Alaska, Canada, and Greenland for war game exercises on the day of September 11th. Uh, Vigilant Guardian, Vigilant Warrior, Northern, they're all in the book, and I have the records of all of them. And who made that call? Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney made that call. Okay, so now you have no fighters. But then there was one war game exercise, uh, Vigilant Guardian, I believe it was, that injected 24 false radar blips onto the screens of the Northeast Air Defense Sector as the hijackings took place. Now picture, you're an air traffic controller looking at your screen, right? You got a hijack alert, boom, and then you got this war game exercise, and you cannot pick the hijack out of the 24 false blips. Oh, my God. And now you've only got eight fighters left in the North, Northeast Air Defense Sector. They have to fly in pairs. You got to have a wingman. How traumatic do you think so it would have been? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's, so that's how I pieced it together, how it was done. The planes were easily flown by remote control. I, I believe in New York City, the remote control was operated out of WTC-7, which is why they had the destroyed WTC-7. Well, they had already had remote control planes in the 60s. 50s. Yeah, but how 50s, would you explain, really? like, the stewardess? How would you explain all the people on there? Because, I mean, I, I doubt, like, if, if the stewardess were, like, getting the plane ready and they opened up the cockpit and Teddy Ruxpin was sitting there, they're like, hey, what I think the, the way you do it is the, the pilots no longer have control of the plane. That's right. Oh, okay. The pilots are in the plane, they start to take off, and then they switch it off by remote, control the thing by computer. And then they're fucked. And, and these people are controlling That's been this. built in for, uh, for a couple of decades. They in, were in the proposing, that was part of Operation Northwoods. They were proposing mm-hmm. doing that to blow up a jet airliner and blame it on the Cubans. They were going to say a whole bunch of people died, and they were just going to relocate people. And then go, going back to my family history, my mother worked in the most secret section of, of uh, Army Security Agency, the Japanese codes. We had broken the Japanese codes, and Roosevelt knew the Japanese were going to attack and let it happen. I was dating a girl who was working in the White House. It was, uh, I dated her a long time ago, and she, she worked. Uh, she, she had something to do with uh, Navy intelligence or something like that. I forget what it was. But she entered something into a computer. She used some sort of a code word that she wasn't supposed to use. 
she uh, tried, typed in little green men under some sort of a data search. And uh, all these people came to her and they sat her down. They brought her into her room and asked her what the fuck she was doing and why she was looking into that and really spooked her. You know, she did it as a joke. Yeah. She thought she would be silly, you know, and, you know, she was a young girl. And they, they were like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? What are you looking for, hooker? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Terrifying. And listen, those guys run the world now. It's, it's amazing that it happened. I mean, it's, it's amazing that, you know, you look back and Teddy Roosevelt, you look back and Eisenhower and, you know, you, you feel like that's a real goddamn president. That's the president. That's yeah. the commander in chief looking at the people yeah. with leadership and trying to move us forward. And that that was a guy. I mean, yeah. look, when, when, when he left and he started talking about the military industrial complex and warning people about the dangers could you imagine a speech like that today? No. Everyone's bought and paid for. No one would ever do that kind of a speech. The United States of America was mortally wounded on, on November 22nd, 1963, but the coup de grace was administered with the assassinations of uh, Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy in 1968. And I was alive then, and I have some, uh, some connections to Bobby Kennedy uh, as a result of my CIA stuff. I was only a sophomore in high school, but... LAPD handled that, and I was groomed by the same people in LAPD who had done the Bobby Kennedy thing. And Sirhan Sirhan did not shoot Bobby Kennedy. I'm sorry, he didn't. That was a CIA hit from start to finish. Jesus Christ. So Sirhan Sirhan was just what? A setup? A patsy? He's he was there, uh, Oliver Stone's he was guy? Hip, he was hypno-programmed. Uh, they, they were very heavy into, into research with uh, LSD and, and hypnosis. Uh, to produce, uh, so they talked him into it somehow or another with LSD. Well, the, the, uh, they were that good at that. Uh, well, How they no, not know he doesn't blow a fuse, just start, start shooting everybody. It's it's true psychological butchery. Uh, you know, uh, th th there are records still existing from the LAPD files. I have some uh, showing the the kind of he had lots of drawings and scripts. So they planted ideas, but they planted in him a hypnotic trigger. And that was a so it's a Manchurian candidate. Exactly, thing. that's real. They can really do that. Absolutely, it's super effective. They can just count on it. Go kill a guy who's running for president. You would think you wouldn't want some moron. Christ, they murdered. <laughs> they murdered Paul Wellstone. I, you know, Senator Paul Wellstone, and I did a big thing on that from the wilderness. Yeah, they kill people all the time. The strange death of Vince Foster is a great one. Yeah, so many of them. Yeah, I read that book a long time ago. I don't remember too much of it, but I do remember like having my jaw halfway hanging off my face or yeah. half of it. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. They find this guy, all his blood's missing, got shot somewhere else, brought to this one spot, gun still in his hand, which you never find. When someone self-administers a gunshot wound, that fucking, their hands, your hands go flying, the gun goes so flying. So does the gun, yeah. Yeah, you don't have a fucking gun in, I handled a in, few homicides. in your hand. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you did, right? Yeah. Did they, was that a, when, when you saw that, the Vince Foster thing? Was that like a, a huge oh, Absolute bullshit. Yeah. But then, we, again, so many of us have... We don't want to think that the Clinton administration would be capable of something that way, like that, though. We want to think that it's only the evil Bush administration or, Bullshit. you know, Dick Cheney, he could do it, oh, but not Bill. Man, Bill just I, wants to get his dick sucked. I, I, I was hammering oh, <laughs> I I on Bill forever. He's a drug-dealing, murdering son of a bitch. Oh, that's so scary. Arkansas is the only state ever in the history of the United States that, was, that had bearer bonds because it was laundering so much cocaine money. Wow. What is a bearer bonds? A bearer bonds. In other bearer words, bonds. they're bonds that you can walk into any large bank in the world and redeem right there for cash. Whoa. Oh, my God. So they just they let that be legal because they were trying to get rid of all the cocaine money? It's, it's, 
everybody was on the same side. That's an amazing story. For folks who, there was a documentary on it. I forget the documentary. I believe it was an a and, one of those A&E shows. Barry Seals, Mena, Arkansas. Amazing story. And that guy became the president. And we think he's like one of the best ones ever. You know, <laughs> Everybody wants to bring him back. This is a really funny story. One of the, one of the first stories I broke it from the wilderness. And, I, and when, that was a newsletter I had for eight and a half years. We, uh, our uh, final coup was uh, breaking the Pat Tillman cover up. Uh, my computers got smashed for that, and I got poisoned. But one of the early stories we broke, Barry Seal used to own a Beechcraft King Air 200. It's a really cool plane. Turbocharged, two engines, you know, high T tail, pressurized. It's a, it's a, it's a Rolls Royce plane, and and it's, it's, I, I got a tip. And and the same plane that Barry Seal owned was George W. Bush's plane, t- Texas State plane, when he was governor. He was using as governor Barry Seal's airplane. And I broke the story, and AP came and picked it up for me. Holy shit! Reuters picked it up. Yeah. Well, didn't that happen really recently as well? Like a CIA jet that had been to Guantanamo Bay at mm. least twice, crashed in Mexico with four tons of cocaine in it? We had a story, yes. Uh, that, that, that was a true story, right? That, that goes back to Air America, back to uh, the old Flying Tigers and the Chenaults and the Kuomintang. Uh, Nobody wants to believe this. You, you're, what you're saying oh, right now, on, you know everybody how many people? believes it now. Everybody now, but there's a lot of people out there, especially folks that are like maybe in their 50s that have had like a normal job and you know, go to barbecues on the weekends and they go to church. They don't ever want to, like, think too far outside the box. Yeah. What you're saying is so fucking far outside the box that there's a lot of people that are going, no, 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 no. You're, yeah. you're taking it too far. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't cause 911. Proof's all there. What do you think is the, num- what's the number one piece of proof to you that Dick Cheney caused that to happen? The, the, the war games. They were all under his control. Because of the fact, it couldn't have been coincidental. It couldn't have been that maybe someone knew that he was doing these war games, so they figured that's a time to attack because, you know, they had some inside people in the Army that knew of this, and then they leaked the information, and they said, well, we'll get them while they're weak. Do you, Do you think it's possible? Did, did, you, did you just listen to what you were explaining and how, like, not credible that sounded? It sounds ridiculous. So, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. But I'm just giving you a what if because yeah. I watched Mission Impossible 5 the other night, and it was pretty, oh my God. pretty badass up until the end. But I'm willing to suspend disbelief. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, is it is it possible that that, that happened or no? No. No way. No. Come on. You had uh, of the 19 hi- hijackers. Uh, I think well, we know that five had, had had received training at U.S. military bases. Uh, Mohammed Atta, Gunter Annex, uh, to Maxwell Air Force Base, and we, you know we have, I have all of that in the, in but the if book. You, but hold on a second. If you think that the planes were taken over at remote control. Do you think that people were, uh, that hijackers were actually really on the planes and attacked? The hijackers were on the planes, but they were. They didn't know, or they did know. Well, there were 12, I call patsies, who were like sacrificial hijackers. They were never meant to live anyway. They were on the planes, definitely. Planes were flown by remote control because, uh, you know, pilots like uh, Al-Hazmi or Al-Midar, whoever was supposedly flying the the uh, the plane into the seven in, into the Pentagon, uh-huh. <laughs> you know that's a that's a maneuver like one of the most experienced pilots in the world couldn't make, and this was a guy who couldn't get a multi-engine license. He couldn't get an instrument rating. He had no hours. It's not possible. None of those uh, maneuvers could have been performed by any of those people. So, uh, wow. and, and, and and I hold some question as to whether Mohammed Atta and several of of the ones that we uh, I and Michelle Chosidovsky and some great work was done. Uh, on the flight training uh, by D- uh, Daniel Hopsicker. I've seen early some stuff on. Hopsicker online. did amazing work about the Venice Flying uh, School and Mohammed Atta's Flying Circus and all real hard documentation. 
So I wasn't alone. It was me and Michelle Chosadovsky, uh, Dan Hopsicker, and Paul Thompson. We, we were the four guys who really did 90% of the 9-11 in, Enlighten me about the argument when it comes to the physics of actually flying a plane. That the, what it, uh, I had read that it's much more difficult to do, like physically difficult to do what they were doing by steering it than it is to do it by remote control. Yes. What they were doing is physically hard to do because of the G-force of the turn and everything. Well, and, and it's also the calculation. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to understand that when you're flying a, a, a 757 or a 767 and, uh -huh. and, and, and you're coming out of a turn on, onto the North Tower. Right. You've got to know what you the really, fuck you're doing. You've got to be good at that shit. That's, yeah. that's like a Formula One race driver driving yeah. through a chicane holding the perfect line. Yeah. I was thinking that, too. Like, what's to keep that fucking plane from spinning upside down now if this asshole... You know, yeah. is, is spinning it around a circle like that. Well, he knows how to do that with a jet? No. A giant jumbo no. jet? These guys couldn't fly. They weren't licensed to fly a regular old Cessna. <sighs> so how many people know about it altogether? If you had to guess, if you said, okay, there's Dick Cheney, and he's, he's the guy that you perceive as being the mastermind, and then there's a bunch of people who also have to be in on it because they have to rig these planes with remote control capability, and they have to— That's already there. Order NATO to stand down. You know they have to. They have to do all these different things that they did that day. How many people? It's compartmentalized intelligence. Now remember, I come from a spook family. So mm -hmm. let's say you're making an atom bomb. Right. So some guy in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, might be doing something to enrich uranium. Some guy someplace else might be making part of a super hard uh, steel casing to contain the blast for one of the bombs. Somebody else may be working on it. Nobody knows what the finished product looks like. Right. That, that, but there has to be a few at the top. How many people top? do you think knew? I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, 30, 40, 50. That's terrifying. It's terrifying that 40 or 50 people would be willing to do that and that they could all find each other and form a gang you know, and, and actually make something like this happen. And they just hang out at NASA all the time. Yeah. Not NASA. <laughs> or uh, some Army Pentagon-type place. Now, um, Soundstage. Do you think that the thing that hit the Pentagon was a jet, or are you, uh, it was, was it a missile? No, it was, a, it was an airplane. It was an airplane. Well, okay, okay, again, uh, I was a cop, right? Right. And, and, and so when, when I was... was another remote-controlled airplane, you believe? No. no. no? Yes, yes, definitely. That's but why I was able to do something so crazy? The, that was a 270-degree loop turn coming in with the engine cowlings probably five feet off the deck. Yeah. A human pilot can't do that. Really? Remote-controlled can't. But here's because they have had. I'm sorry, but they, they've had people actually try to attempt that in a, a in an aviation simulator, and they weren't able to do no. it. No, is it a physical issue? I don't understand what it is. Skill that uh, you'd have to be just some badass fucking race car driver motherfucker who yeah. just who knows how to get around the Nurburgring in seven nineteen. Yeah. Right? But is that what it is? Yes, uh, and, and, and you must have practiced that one turn ten thousand times, times. Right. Yeah. You practice moves in martial Bruce arts. Lee, How often said. do you work a kata before you, you know? Yeah. Okay, so the Pentagon sits in a bowl. I was born in Washington, D.C. I know it, okay? And 395 runs around the Pentagon, and you can look right down, and you see the whole Pentagon sitting down there. It's like, it's, it's like uh, sitting in the Rose Bowl, okay? Now, um, there were th more than 400 witnesses on I-395. Truck drivers, cab drivers, soccer moms, you name it. They all saw an airplane hit the Pentagon, and right. they would testify in court. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what they saw. So regardless of what anybody thinks, I'm not going to argue the point is, 
the, the fact is, is to try the case in court and to hang Dick Cheney, which I can do without going down that side alley. Mm -hmm. It's not important to me. Uh, but I do think a, a, a jet plane hit the Pentagon. Well, they released that footage, but it was like stop action. It was only a few frames, yeah. and you can't really clearly make out what the hell it is. Yeah. Why do you think they did that? Why don't they release uh, like some clear footage? Because the they don't want people using it for propaganda. I mean, in the intelligence business, um, there's a program called COINTELPRO and uh, many other uh, programs that uh, have been used and developed by CIA and Army intelligence on the creation of false legends and false stories. And um, one of the biggest deals in the intelligence trade is to uh, do a dangle. A dangle, uh, in, let's say I'm a spy, a dangle would be like a five foot ten woman right out of my ultimate sexual fantasy, you know, blah, blah. That's a dangle. But sometimes a dangle comes in the form of information. Sometimes a dangle comes in the form of a tempting lead that looks like it's going to really take you somewhere. Now, disinformation, in order to be effective, has to be 90% true. Otherwise, you won't swallow it. You won't buy it. So there's a poison pill that they put in. You swallow the 10% poison pill, and then if you ever get enough traction, they activate the poison and kill you. So I do believe a plane hit the Pentagon, and, uh, and, I, and what we saw, we never saw a jetliner hit in any of those films. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think that was bait. To, you know, to, to see if that action got enough traction, then at some point they would come up and actually show you the video mm -hmm. of a jetliner hitting, and all of a sudden everything else you've bought into as a result Right. Is discredited. He looks preposterous. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I've always thought that was fascinating. Like when you read someone's stories and, you know, uh, you, you read something like that guy, uh, Behold the Pale Horse guy, William Cooper. Is that Bill his Cooper, name was? Bill yeah. Cooper. What, what was that guy's deal? Because um, he, he was one of those guys. Let me just say before you even tell me. Yeah. He was one of those guys that I would read his stuff and I'd go, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, he's fucking crazy. Exactly. It was like that was the, 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 that exactly. was the progression. And so it made me think, well, what if this guy is like working for them, like making everything else look retarded by coming up with this one idea that he tosses in about bases on the moon where they're processing fucking compound race tires for the Corvette team. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like he, he, would, say, he would say something like that. And yeah. you're like, the fuck is this guy talking about? You now, know, you know, there are lots of people like that. And this is why I've walked a completely different path, because I had to walk the path of complete credibility mm -hmm. for 35 years. So uh, do you think there's people that are embedded in that path that are there just to say stupid shit? I think credit things. Yes. But I also think there are some people who who are feel moved to tell the truth because they're outraged. That's you. Uh, yes. But those people would would also say also say something that they know tells to the powers that be that they aren't a threat. Well, what's really funny is a lot of you guys, and I don't want to lump anybody into a category, and I'm, I'm certainly not putting you in with anybody else because yeah. I, I love your work, but a lot of you guys think that it's not you, not you, but mm -hmm. pe people along those lines that are calling out the government, they think that there are people out there that are shills. Like other guys that are successful, like their competition. Oh, that motherfucker! He's a he's a CIA. He's an operative. Well, I wouldn't say CIA, but there are definite people out here for sure. I oh, absolutely right. How many? When you see like a guy on TV and you, you see him talking, like how how much time do you give him before you start like wondering if this guy is a plant? Well, when you see any sort of a leader and any any sort of a, a movement, how much time? When you watch them, how much time do you like? 
Well, my rule of thumb is is that they wouldn't be on TV unless they were already controlled anyway. <laughs> That's just the real simple way to look at it. You don't, you, you don't get the airtime. See, I'm invisible to, to the... To the U.S. government. Right. I made it a, 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 the video that's had some good play called Say My Fucking Name. It's up on YouTube. I saw that. It okay. was crazy. You know, it's fascinating. I've done all this shit, right? And you sounded a bit like a jilted lover. Thank you. But, it, <laughs> but, uh, but you know what I mean? Like it was a, a chick that but I was banged everybody in the Rolling Stones. Real pissed off. You know? um, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Be, because I've been saying all this shit. And, and like the U.S. government spent, uh, State Department spent $3 million refuting every other 9 11 theory out there but not yours they couldn't mention my name so do you feel like they don't have to address you because you don't have as much mainstream exposure as say you know any of these other guys that you you know you know what i mean is that what it is wait a minute no no uh i was in this really successful movie called collapse it's been seen all over the world that's obviously 150,000 copies of that but you're obviously not on these c-span shows or cnn shows you're not being interviewed all the time i've been blacklisted right but why is that if all, but is it just because they they can't control you? Is one hundred percent truth? They can't shut me down. I've left a record of three million words in in Rubicon. There's a thousand footnotes. So no matter how many books this sells, no matter how many people watch Collapse, they'll keep you off those other shows. Absolutely, and that plays out real well with Native American spirituality, which was something that that uh, that I've come to understand and really appreciate. I'm, I'm deeper into it. And uh, there's different kinds of medicine attributed to different kinds of animals. Bear medicine, fox medicine has been very powerful for me. Is that uh, what is one that makes your penis hard? Is that tiger medicine? You no, know, that could, no, that's uh, squaw medicine. Squaw medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, what do you mean by like bear medicine and well, like fox medicine? Is, is is very important. I've had a couple of very powerful encounters with foxes. Fox medicine in Native American spirituality makes you invisible. In other words, I am invisible to the powers that be. Do you work for the government? Because this is what's going on here. No. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. But you're saying crazy stuff now. You're saying crazy stuff about foxes being invisible. No. And so if if somebody thought that you were a disinformation agent, they would say, oh, here's the evidence. He says all this brilliant shit, and then he starts talking about foxes being invisible. No, I didn't say foxes invisible. Fox medicine means I'm invisible. Oh, okay. And I'm invisible to mainstream media. Right. They all read me. They, they've all read. They all know who I am. They just can't say my name, and and, and that made me mad. But I, I made that tape because I was so pissed off that everything was falling apart and nobody was talking about how criminal and how fucked up this was. And a whole generation. A lot being of people screwed. are talking about it, though, don't you think? I mean, at this point, a lot of people yeah. are talking about it. But if it. they say my name, it's game over, because then they have to see the body of work. But, but wait, so you're saying that all these people that are in any position of power that are, you know, saying the sky is falling, it's all falling apart, but whatever you do, don't talk about Michael Rupert. Don't give him the mic. Why? They, why? It doesn't make any sense. You seem like the perfect person to talk about this stuff. But then, someone has to be an but expert. Then I'm gonna, but then I'm going to prove that CNN, that ABC, that all the corporate owned media is absolutely criminally corrupt and complicit in all the economic criminality that's been taking place and covering up all these other crimes. Every major media outlet in this country trades its shares on Wall Street and they're all part of the same economic paradigm. And they can't afford to see me. And it's not just me. I mean, it's all the people who did peak oil, who've done the work on, you know, 
they see me because I give credit to everybody else. They got to see all this other body of work that they've ignored. But about and the, so if they co- talk to you about any of this stuff, then it opens up the floodgates. The CIA selling drugs and all this. So they're like, shut the fuck up. Michael Rupert's not coming on the show. Exactly. You know, someone intern comes up. Look, there's a guy. His name is Michael Rupert. He's very articulate. He's like, he's the star of that movie Collapse. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of my office. No, no, he can't get on the Tonight Show. What, when, what shows have you been on? Who has let you on? Bill uh, Maher ever had you on? No, no. Oh, you got to be on that show. <laughs> You know, I would love it if he had the balls. I don't think he has the oh, balls. Oh, he has the balls. That's crazy. You don't think Bill Maher does? He, Bill Maher doesn't give a fuck. He's got the balls. Uh, HBO writes his paychecks. Yeah, but you think that they're going to really? He says some pretty HBO? controversial Time Warner. shit on that show. Time, yeah. And, and, and th- that's like uh, one of my other favorite wimps out there, Amy Goodman. Democracy too late. She 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 talks about all these great issues <laughs> that 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 don't change anything. She's like a gatekeeper, and she's syndicated by Rupert Murdoch. Do you think she works for the government as well? I, let's let's rephrase that. I think she knows who butters her bread. <sighs> so it's fucked. But the internet is the only hope, right? But now that there's mm. stuff like SOPA, right? Is it is it stop online piracy act? Yeah. A well, lot of people who are paranoid about this see this as a backdoor. To passively, you know, this is the beginning of regulating the internet. Trust me, I, I got a chapter called on, on Promise, P R O M I S software, mm-hmm. uh, in in that book, which is talks about some of the stuff the government can do. The government right can now anything yeah. that they want to do right now. SOPA doesn't scare me enough because SOPA is just kind of legalizing something that I that, that we know they're already doing anyway. Right. I mean, we've been under severe hacking uh, at at CollapseNet, and we got a great team of IT specialists. And we're talking coordinated DDoS, you know, new servers, boom, 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 getting into our emails, shutting us out of this, shutting out. Wow. They, they even go so far as to change, like, the number of visitors we have on the website to make it look like nobody's looking at our website. Make it when, zero. Make it go backwards. You know, <laughs> it's stupid. Um, but they're doing all that now. They've done it to Occupy. And, of course, we see Anonymous doing that back. So right. that happens. But So I'm not so much worried about SOPA because – I know the bastards are going to do that. So that to you is just like sort of confirming something that has already been in play. It means nothing. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Well, it was already bought and sold. They're going to go to another degree of difficulty or another level of intensity with that. But but the detention uh, provisions in the NDAA totally violate habeas corpus, the Magna Carta, U.S. Constitution. That's fundamental. And And if that bill gets signed... The United States of America no longer exists. It's just so ridiculous to think that things have gotten so bad that they think they need to pass that. Look, it's not that bad. So you've got a few people protesting. Yeah, it's really. You don't need to have the military in the fucking streets, all right? It's really, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, well. But what the problem is, is they're looking at the next step. They're saying this is unpredicted. They never thought that they would see this. They never thought they would see hundreds of thousands of people, you know, just ch- ch- ranting in the streets, chanting in the streets, holding signs, wandering around, and then camping out. Like, what the fuck is going on? So this is why they, they showed their hand. But they have also been very aware, Joe, that there are uh, 50, 60 million hardcore unemployed homeless people, and the number is growing. They're aware that uh, now it's uh, one in two of p- people in this country can be classified under the poverty line. Half of the population. One in every six Americans is on food stamps. People are starving. They're freezing. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their money. They've known this was going to be coming, too. But I think there's another reason for this uh, with the planned uh, 
attack on Iran is, is so that they can do a roundup of Arab Americans like they did with the Japanese right after World War II and put them in camps. Jesus Christ. So you think that the ultimate goal is to start locking giant groups of people up in FEMA camps? Mm, no. And, and this is where I, di I disagree strongly with some people. Alex Jones? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, it takes money to feed people. You have to pay the guards. You have to build the camps. You have to put gasoline. You have to heat for the people. And human industrial civilization is collapsing. If you think to what the powers that be, the money people did during the Great Depression, they didn't put all the homeless starving in camps. No, they let them drag themselves across the country from the Oklahoma Dust Bowl to California. And if they starved along the way, the government wasn't paying a penny. It cost nothing. It weeded out the population and the strongest made it to California to work for slave wages. That's the evil of the beast. They will have camps, you know, for people like me or if there's major civil unrest in some cities or something like that. But no long term because the resources don't exist to do that. So the idea is just kill everybody then? Let them starve. Let them starve. Or starve to death. Let them catch disease. or uh, So intern them and then make them sick. Mass, I, I, I mass wouldn't go genocide. that far. No, I mean... Uh, uh, I mean, ultimately, if they know that that's what's got to go down, why not just poison everybody? Well, that was... Guyana, Jim Jones, everybody. Yeah, no, that, that, that was the Nazi plan, and, and that didn't work. Fascism has become much more sophisticated since then. So uh, what, what are the other options when it's completely hit the fan? What are the other options to get rid of a giant group of people? You let, you, you let the cities go. Uh, you let the people. It's happening all over the world right now. And you think that's un unquestionably a plan? Sure. Who, who's planning to have all these cities fall apart? Well, the uh, bankers. Again, nobody plans for city X or city Y to fall apart that way. On a, they you know, just engineer corruption into the system to the point happening. where. And you believe it's engineered? Well, uh, is I, it just greed? And just uh, uh, I mean, that's what I'm confused about. It, it, collapse is a fait accompli. That's a simple matter of what does that mean? Uh, it, it, it's a done deal. Oh, fait accompli. Limit of resources. What language is that? French. Why is it so cool when you quote something and we could just say fait accompli because it's in, romantic. In English. It is right. That's yeah. like a good way to get laid. Sorry. Um, so. It, it, the resource limitations govern collapse. Right. Okay. We six billion people. So because here, of the way society set up, there's no that's way that's all going to collapse and wear out anyway. Right. We need a okay. resource-based society. We can't have the derivatives. We can't have this nonsense economy, and we can't have infinite growth. But right. all the powers that be want to do is make money on the way up and maximize profit on the way down. So they're just trying to money grab right now and just snatch up more, as much as possible. It is more profitable to destroy things now than it is to save them. And the NDAA is basically just like what we need. We need to keep fucking peace in the streets where we're stealing money or scare the people into yes you know yeah, we used to have crazy laws so we could just lock people up yeah but you but know you know who's locking people up though that's where it gets really ridiculous at, at one point in time someone has to realize that this the structure of this uh this monarchy this 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 uh this fucking kingship that's taken over the world it only works if people are willing to take up guns. It only works if the common folk are willing to push around everybody else. Well, I mean, that's the only way it works. Well, there it are. It can't really work if everybody goes, wait, what? It? Fuck you. You know, I mean, you need the cops. You need I me mean, like a guy like a guy oh. like you who steps out. And, you know, when you were a cop yeah. and you saw this corruption and you stepped away, you were a, a regular person. Instead of identifying yourself with this organization that was obviously sick, you identified yourself with your morals and your character and your upbringing. And you said, fuck you. The CIA selling drugs. 
you know, at some point in time, doesn't, I mean, isn't that the real solution? Is it everybody sort of realizes that they can't do no, that? No, but this is like one of the coolest things that's happened to me in, in, in 30 years. It was Cooler than Fox Magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You know who killed Tupac, don't you? Yeah, the cops did. Yeah, there's a. You ever you ever see that man? You want yeah, to talk about yeah, corruption? No, <laughs> terrifying story. We, Don't even joke around we, it, right? We can do that all night. But yeah, okay. Rampart, the Rampart Division, uh, right? I was gonna. Say, this is better than Fox Magic. I was like, oh, it's impossible. Okay, Fox Magic makes you invisible. What could be better than that? Yeah, what? it's like one of the key. If you could have a superpower, what would you take? Yeah, but see, Tupac's needed. Native American wisdom has taught me that if I am the wind, it does not matter if people see me. It only matters that the pe- that the leaves blow when I. When you Exhale. come by. Oh, that sounds trippy. That okay. sounds like, again, more shit you would tell the hippie chicks. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I am the better. Beneath your God, you guys are going to beat me up. It's a Bette Midler song, bro. He's quoted a Bette Midler song on my podcast. The whole time he's been quoting Bette Midler songs. Oh, my God. And it's just a big joke. Well, you remember when Herman Cain started quoting Pokemon? I was like, this might be a fake. This guy might not be real. Do you think Herman Cain was really? Was he just in a position as a spoiler? I mean, is he Herman a, Cain was a hired sideshow. Really? That's, were, I, I, I swear to God, I know that sounds ridiculous. I know it sounds ridiculous. But when he started quoting Pokemon and using the fucking yeah. Grand Theft Auto tax tax program, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, what? wait a minute. They have man. to create all this drama to make you believe that there's a democracy at work out there. So what do you think that was? Where some dude is just a super successful businessman and they co-opted him. They got a hold of him. To listen I'm sure to he got some great business shit. deals to go through everything he went through and he's going to walk away. He was never going to be president to begin with. Seems like he was just fucking everybody, huh? Anyway, can, can I tell you this thing that's better than Fox Magic? Yes, please. Sorry. You're really fucking Sorry. with me here. This is a great podcast, man. I'm enjoying this. Thank you very much. The cool, one of the coolest things that happened to me was um, after Oakland, uh, when Scott Olson got shot in the head with a flight right, uh, Army veteran, and I'm really For close. people who don't know, elaborate on that story. It's a horrible story. Um, during the Occupy Oakland uh, demonstrations, uh, late at night, um, Scott Olson was one of several guys that were out front. He's he's a military veteran, and the uh, cops were firing forty millimeter flight right projectiles out of M seventy nine bloopers. I've shot those; they're little grenade launchers. They're kind of fun. Uh, and and uh, somebody shot him in the head. It was accidental, okay. But after his skull was fractured and he was on the ground, you see the cops lobbing uh, CS canisters, uh, gas canisters, right into the group of people. And there was so much brutality. And this was after watching the white shirts in New York, you know, and, and Shamar Thomas hadn't come up yet. I don't think he had yet. Uh, but w- we went to Occupy Santa Rosa, and it was like, uh, which is town close to where I live. It's a town of about, uh, we had the highest per capita turnout in the country. Uh, so we had like 3,000 people turn out. But we were going to put up camps, and the chief of police had said, we will use any means necessary to tear down the camp. Now, what happened was I went there, and I said, they're going to fuck these people. I'm putting my body in, in front of them. I took an oath. And when I got there, there were all these veterans. There were Vietnam veterans, and there were Gulf One veterans, and there was one active duty guy. There was an Army Ranger Special Forces medic. And we had all showed up there with all, we all had the same idea. We are going to get in front of the cops so that when they start shooting the gas, they're going to hit us. And if they want to beat on somebody, let them beat on us. Because we know that we can take that without throwing back. Jesus Christ. And this this groundswell from the veterans community, the honorable warriors, the Shamar Thomases. You know, what is so sad, and I've had 
a really close connection over the years from doing investigating on murders of a lot of uh, uh, army uh, special for special ops personnel. Um, for all these years, we have had really good men go off to war, and never in my war has lifetime has there been an honorable war. Vietnam wasn't none of it was honorable. It was all crooked bullshit. But there are. Guys who went out there, who did the deed, who put their lives on the line, got their combat infantry badge, whatever, and didn't commit atrocities in really horrible wars and came home and they've never been able to shine like that. And when Shamar Thomas did that, Shamar Thomas was speaking for everybody who'd been to war in this country's military, who served honorably, who didn't commit atrocities in wars that we all know were totally fucked up, fraudulent, and lying. The... the the best teacher, the most powerful teacher I've ever had, I gave a uh, talk at Portland State University right after 9-11. became my video, Truth and Lies of 9-11. And uh, a Native American showed up, knocked on my hotel room door. He's about five foot four. And uh, his name was Skip Mayhawk. And uh, what a presence. You know, have you ever looked a fighter in the eye and there's just some guys got to look in the eye? And sure. Just go, oh, fuck. Most of them. Yeah. And, and so here's this guy I look and... He's down here, you know. Hi, I'm Skip Mayhawk. I'm here to be your cameraman, second cameraman tonight. I didn't know, but he volunteered. He showed up. It turns out Skip had served with 101st Airborne in the Oshawa Valley in 1968, some of the bloodiest battles of the war. Uh, the Oshawa is legendary. Uh, and Skip was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor, the Medal of Honor, uh, and he refused it because he was fighting in an unjust war. Wow. And he fought beside Russell Means at Wounded Knee. And he showed up to be my cameraman, and he became a teacher for me. And he was one of the, the, the great warrior teachers that I've had who taught me about the power of honor and why it's important to fight in an honorable war. Not only to die your honorable death or, or you know, to fight honorably, but to fight in an honorable war. That's what a warrior needs. And, and I, I think Shamar Thomas really embodies that. Um, and he was just a snapshot. He's not a fluke. There's lots of Shamar Thomases out there. Shamar Thomas is the guy who yelled at the New York Police yeah. Department. You know, yeah. There's no honor in How this. do you sleep at yeah. night? Yeah. A lot yeah. of people probably don't know what you're talking about, but there's a video out there of this guy who's a big dude, yeah. and he's got all these medals on, and he's like pointing to the medals like, these aren't lies, you know? And he's like explaining all the shit that he's been through. And yeah. he's like, this is not a war zone. These are your people. Like, yeah. How do you sleep at night? And it's really powerful. There is no honor in this. There is no honor in this, and they can't say nothing. They just sit there and they eat it. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a crazy moment. That's that's the power of honor, yeah. and that's been my my. And again, I'm not the only one who's done this. There's a lot of us out here. Yeah. We're all standing up now because the the criminality and the bullshit in Washington and Wall Street is just so out of control. Is there a way to turn it around? Is there a way to somehow or another steer this back to the light? Is there a way to? make this culture wake up and, and snap itself out of it before we hit the wall? Well, a lot of people are snapping out and, wake, snapping out and waking up right now. A lot of people are, and it's happening in very big numbers. Um, in terms of saving the system, no. We've got to get Obama high. That's uh, what we've got to do. We've got to kidnap him. Higher. Higher. Can't say that. You can't even say that. There's the guy yelling. I was, that was a total joke. Um, here's the guy who's yelling. That's Shamar, yeah. That's Shamar. Yeah. He was a guest on my radio show. Really cool dude. If you get cho choose to get high with one person, wouldn't it be Barack Obama? You wouldn't want to sit down with that guy and find out what the fuck is going on? I mean, when you, when you get him really blasted where you can't lie, 
and just start asking him questions? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think I'd want to know what would come out. Really? Yeah. I think I would be fascinated. I would want to I would You'd choose see. him first? What's that? You would choose him first? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, man. For sure. Because so I would, I would, he's like so close to my age. I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated. You know, I always looked at like these president guys as being these, you know, these old evil men with hearts of, you know, of, of diamonds and, you know, they fucking have blood that's coal, you know, I mean, just, just evil and nasty, mm. evil people who have gotten to a position where they can choose to start these wars. But then I look at a guy like Barack Obama, I was like, well, he was probably like close to my age. When I was 10, he was probably like 14 or something. Like, that's like, that's real close. Like, that guy grew up really recently. He grew up with the internet. He grew I mean, what's going on with him? How, is, how, how are they able to do this to him? You know, how did, that's, that's incredible. You He's know, one of us. Well, he, no, he but, ain't You know what I'm us. saying? In my perception as a, a fool. <laughs> He's not one of us. He's a, this is a government of the banks, by the banks, and for the banks. And Barack Obama's presidential decisions, especially since 2008, all but he, he has done was to make us pay for all of the Wall Street crime. He's, they, have, they have taken all that debt, all the money they printed, the derivatives and the bailout shit, and they put it on our backs. And that's what's happening around the world. In Greece, the banks now run. The, there's a banker in charge of Greece. There's a banker in charge of Italy. And Barack Obama's done the same thing to us, and all that debt that belonged to Wall Street is now on our backs. Have you seen the video where Barack Obama says that he believes he's the fourth best president? <laughs> Have it's you seen funny. it? Oh, God, no. Have you seen it, Brian? Yeah. Brian, find it on YouTube and watch it, because it's hilarious. He talks about you know different presidents that have accomplished more, and he only lists like three that he thinks have accomplished more than they have. There was a guy named Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was a Russian writer, very, very great Russian writer. He's lived 30 years in a gulag prison camp, right? And, and, and he, he came up with a great line. He said, men in order to do evil must first believe that what they are doing is good. Wow. That's incredible. So you convince yourself that we're the elite, we're the rich, we have the only way to manage things, we have to do that, and they delude themselves. That's, that's the fetid uh, stale nature of a democracy that has not been ventilated and breathed and aired out for a long time, you know. And, and it's, die, I don't want to save this system at all, as far as I'm concerned. And especially with the end of energy, uh, at, with, with not the end of with, with peak oil and collapse, the United States can't possibly hold together anyway. So when peak oil happens and gas becomes extremely expensive and probably impossible to get. Then what happens? We well, off branch off into little communities and make our own medicine with solar power. I mean, what are we going to do? Those of us who were smart enough to start moving in that direction ahead of time, yes. But peak oil has already happened. And there are in this country, with all of the tens and hundreds of millions of people who are unemployed or below the poverty line, people who can't afford gas at any price right now. So it's going to slowly keep creeping. Yeah. And that really, when we think about it, the real big jump was the end of the Bush administration, which was only a few years ago. That's nothing. A blink of the eye. Yeah. You know? Well, they knew it was coming. To think of how bad it could be three years from now. Thank you. Well, th that's good. Because, again, we, all we can claim here is progress rather than perfection. There's not, not ready and then ready. You know, you're not in a binary state. Do you subscribe? I mean, we talked about them earlier, but do you subscribe to the, the Mayans' ideas? Do you think they were onto something? I'm amazed at the coincidence. Yeah. It's amazing, right? I think there is. I mean, everything else in this world we look at now is a lie. Okay? Come on. It's a lie. There's a recovery. It's a lie. Uh, we killed uh, Osama bin Laden. It's a lie. Iran was behind 9-11. It's a lie. 
you know, Wall Street, it's a lie. Your pension fund, it's a lie. That's, okay, so, you know, uh, all that stuff just needs to be seen what it is and disengage from it. It's weapons kind of, of mass destruction. It's it's it, 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 it's codependent to want to go in and fix that system. It's picture somebody wanting to go to uh, the Nazis in 1938 and saying, "Okay, let's have a campaign to organize to teach the Nazis that the Jews are really good people." The smart people were just saying, "I'm getting the fuck out of Europe." The Jews, the smart Jews, were getting you know getting out of the way. Every, the, the world knew what was coming with that. And it's and it's not mentally sound to try and fix this system. This this system needs to be redone. Ron Paul's got a good and and the Fed. You got until you change the way money works, you change nothing. That's the big start. Then you got to uh, end fractional reserve banking, compound interest, and fiat currency. What is the what's the solution? I mean, you have to do something to put something else in place. What are you doing, bro? Here's the the uh, Obama thing. I hope I'm ready for this. Where where do I look here? Uh, right right straight ahead. Legislative. Oh, well, there he is. Not going to be uh, a list of accomplishments, as you said yourself, Steve. Um, you know, I, I would put our legislative and foreign policy accomplishments in our first two years against any president, uh, uh, with the possible exceptions of Johnson, FDR, and, and Lincoln. But uh, uh, you know, just in terms of what we've gotten done in modern history. Yeah, you raped the world. Congratulations. Good job. Way to go, dude. He got the Nobel Prize after, the, and then he sent thirty thousand more people out to Afghanistan. He's bloody with he, with with guns. He's and he's tanks. He's bloodier than Cheney yeah. and Bush. It's amazing. It's amazing that he could actually say that though. The, what 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 legislation? Oh, you mean you know the the ability to just start arresting people for no fucking reason? What what is it exactly that got accomplished? Did I miss something? Uh, yeah. What what are the, these great legislation achievements? Do you do you know what he's talking about? No. What the fuck could he be talking about? That's the Orwellian nature of this absolute crap we see on on the mainstream airways it's probably horseshoe this whole time it's like some president thing like oh yeah what never mind (laughs) what did i tell you dude i don't know i don't know what the fuck you just said brian never mind that's okay yeah he's a silly boy um so you know um all that stuff it it it, it just needs to stop (sighs) so like i said you predicted a lot of shit you 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 you've been at the from i mean I, i i forget when it was when you when you started predicting that our society was slowly going to collapse, it was like way before anybody else was ever doing 2001 it. 2001 was when I first started. What do you think is going to be the 99. end point? The end point is going to be, is it going to be we, we find groups of people and we hang out together and okay. grow food? No, that, that's, you know, I'm probably uh, more grateful for that question, Joe, than any other one because that's what we're fighting about now. When we want to get Ron Paul elected, that's what we're fighting about. It stops when the people wake up to the point and says, this has got to stop. Because so un- if you can get a guy like Ron Paul in office, you he, think we can kind of smooth everything out and still have cars? He, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we you will know, still have cars even if we have... Uh, Biodiesel you know, run on... Or even if we have, you know, some other criminal in the White House. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to become harder to find. But... We're fighting to determine how far this system is going to run everything down before we put our foot down and say this has got to change. That's what's going to make the difference because this system, I wrote a, an essay called uh, Global Corp some years ago, and in it I said the way the system works, infinite growth, mergers and everything now, the last CFO of the last corporation in the world, 
global corp. When the world is in total ruins, when four, five, six billion people are dead, when one guy has acquired all the ones and zeros of wealth and that company goes bankrupt, he's going to say, hooray, we did it. That's where that ends until and unless we stop it, human beings, stop it. And the consciousness is here that understands that the infinite growth economic paradigm will kill us in order to make a profit. How much time do we have? Well, if, uh, if, there, if there's an attack launched on Iran within the next week or two, be, or before the Iowa third, uh, excuse me, the January 3rd Iowa caucuses, uh, and uh, China comes in to back up Iran, and the Russians have said they will back up Iran, and nuclear weapons are exchanged, it could be over in two weeks. Jesus fucking Christ. I got shit to do, dude. I have a new special to make. I'm going to release it like Louis C.K. Look, um... This is very frightening stuff. You think this is unavoidable? You think that a nuclear war with Iran is just... No, I, I, I don't. And, and I'm seeing very strong signs that, that the United States is getting bitch slapped around the world right now. Um, since, we, since we killed 24 Pakistani troops, ISAF, uh, Helos, uh, killed 24 Pak soldiers, uh, all of the supplies going into the NATO forces in Afghanistan have been cut off through Pakistan. How ridiculous was the asking for the drone back from Iran? <sighs> Did that make you feel like it's a work of fiction when you saw that? It, 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 FUBAR. It's just FUBAR. It's just nuts. They even asked him to go on TV and say that we asked for it back. They yeah. told Obama to do that. It's almost like they're making him out to be a buffoon towards his last couple of years. <sighs> this is your script. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go out there, and when they say about the, the drone, just say we asked for it back. Yeah. He's probably like, what the fuck am I going to say? What? Really? Yeah. It's like a, like a sitcom actor that doesn't want to be humiliated. It's a bullshit line. This is a bullshit line. Well, expect it to be a lot more nonsensical all the way from here on out. And the only way to avoid this is to have a guy like Ron Paul in office. It's the only way to avoid no. going to war with Iran. No. How do we avoid it? Because the Occupy movement is demonstrating that. You've had 100,000 people out in the streets of Moscow. There's an Occupy-related, Occupy-inspired revolt in the village of Wukhan in southern China, which has made, made the Chinese communist government back down. And it's, again, it's not communist versus capitalist. It, it's all money and banks and growth and all that stuff. And, and, and this is a growing wave of consciousness that's magic. And that's why um, there's a lot of days when I walk around lately and I see things happen and I'm just giggling. So you love this. This is fun for you. You're, well, first of all, you've been first, first of all, you've been predicting it for a long time. Yeah. So while it's happening, you're like, see, I fucking told you there's a lot of that. Right. I was, yeah, I was but there's also that. you're happy to see the system fall apart, not because you want people to die, but because it's a fucked up system that doesn't work and it needs to die like anything that doesn't work. Let me make it very clear. I'm doing everything I possibly can to accelerate the <laughs> breakdown of the United States government and, and, and the and the economy and the banking system and everything else. Now, under the Patriot Act, are you allowed to say shit like that? Like, can't that could be could that be interpreted as you're a threat? Only God determines what I'm allowed to say, and nobody else has the right to do that. And isn't it supposed to be enemies, both foreign and domestic? You, uh, yes. Who forgot that? How come everybody forgot that? Yeah. Well, foreign see, and domestic. That's the beauty of, yeah. of, of, of what I can. All these veterans showing up. Captain Ray Lewis, the Philadelphia police captain, who showed up in his uniform yeah. and got arrested yeah. at Zuccotti. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, we're, we're stepping up by the thousands all over the country, and we're making ourselves known throughout the movement. And what we're discovering is there's lots of us out here, and we are not going to let this go down. And if the uh, detention provisions are passed at NDAA and they're employed, you're going to see massive breakdowns because there's going to be soldiers in this country that won't fight. There's going to be cops that will stand with the people. Five county sheriffs in Northern California have united, and county sheriffs are the most powerful dudes in the country. 
they can tell the president to stay out of the county legally, and the president can't say jack about it. Um, Isn't that changed? They probably just changed that with the NDAA. They probably just changed that with something, some sneaky bill they stuck through. It doesn't matter. Once they bring the military in. It's illegal to grow food. You guys said to plant your own food. Did you know that that one bill passed that that makes it illegal for you to grow your own food? Well, no. There are some laws that that restrict some people's ability in some places to – Grow food? Yeah, if a dude farts a lot, you can't be uh, growing broccoli in your backyard. Yeah, but the real beasts are the FDA and, and so forth that come in and say you can't drink raw milk, which is awesome. I love raw milk. Raw and, milk is delicious. Did oh they stop that? They used to get it at Whole Foods. They don't have it anymore. Uh, it's, it's spotty around the country. Do you um, have to go to the farm? Um, Senate Bill S-510. Senate Bill S-510. What does it actually say? What is the actual language? It's pretty long. I it, mean. <laughs> it was not enacted. It was not passed. It wasn't passed? No. The, 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 there was it's a amazing. senator from Montana who in, introduced a, an amendment to that bill that removed Jeez. that clause from there. But isn't that crazy? Could you imagine what, an, yeah, what, what kind of an <laughs> asshole do you have to be to say you're not allowed to grow tomatoes? Well, I think we, we, there's not enough. You know, we've already fixed all the problems in the world. Let's concentrate on people growing food. Yeah. Think about all the shit that we have problems and see, with. Prison overpopulation, war on drugs, all the different issues that we have to deal with, pollution of the environment, and someone chose to concentrate on people growing fucking food. But our whole civilization now is predicated with the corporate control, the banking control, on us not being independent, not being able to function outside of a system that they control, that the giant agribiz corporations, right. Monsanto and Cargill control. How scary uh, is Monsanto? Monsanto is crazy. That's terrifying. Did you know that Monsanto Monsanto was one of the companies that was looking into buying Blackwater when Blackwater mm, was. I being, believe that. You believe that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they can't tell like who bought a controlling stake. They couldn't tell if it was like one of the people that owns Monsanto because it's, you know, there's a lot of crazy paperwork you got to go through. But the idea that that was even thought of that the country that control, or a company rather that controls food growth in hundreds of countries and not, not, not hundreds, but a lot of countries. Yeah. But not only does that, but it's been shown that politically they force their GMO foods on these countries that don't want it, can't afford it. They have suicides all over the world where people can't keep up. Farmers are committing yeah. suicide. They can't buy. Suicide. They can't grow their own food again. They can't reuse seeds. They right. can't make their own seeds. Okay, so what's difficult to get about the concept that something like that is just pure fucking evil? evil. Pure that's evil. what it is. Exactly. The fact that that's not stopped. You know, it's amazing that they want to talk about gay marriage in a time like this. And that it's even discussed. You know, that any of this nonsense that gets, well, you know, what, what about the debt? We've got to push the debt back. What the fuck about this? What about everything? What about the whole pile of it? It's goddamn ridiculous. They've designed seeds to suicide itself after one season. That is so scary. But we've, had, uh, we've had some stories on CollapseNet recently that shows that uh, Monsanto's supposedly bulletproof seeds are producing mutations which Monsanto can't control. Oh, my God. I mean, well, there it's was like... There was one that was just released on uh, some some major news source was talking about the connection between uh, animals having tumors and them eating some corn that Monsanto genetically modified corn. It's not for human consumption, but it doesn't matter because you're fucking feeding it to animals. Those animals might get eaten by people, and you know you don't know what the fuck goes through. You don't. They don't know. They don't know what the reaction is of a human body eating twenty years of genetically modified beef okay. because we haven't done it yet. But n- now get. That around the world, there are tens and hundreds of millions of people moving to relocalize, to grow organic food. That's what I'm doing. Um, uh, and to take control where we can. And those are the faster campers. Those are the ones who aren't going to get eaten by the bear. What is going to be the big difference between after the collapse 
and and now? What is going to be more most inconvenient about after the collapse? Are we going to have like crime issues? We're going to have like roaming gangs. That's going to be during the collapse. During the collapse. That, that's all. That, that's all. What's coming? That's what's here now, and and that's happening. All we had the bloody riots all over England. We had armored cars set on fire in Rome. The Arab Spring, you know. Right, but in general, there's like, you have a few things that are like blipping up. But if you look at the overall harmony of the earth at any given moment, most places are not in conflict, right? Most places are just people going about their business, trying to live their life with these spotted atrocities popping up here and there. Mm. You know, if you look at it on a, a, a you know, as, a, as an organism in conflict, it's not in as much conflict. It's not like a 100% conflict. Uh, direct correlation between that and population density. Big cities mm. are not sustainable. And when you see um, things like Egypt, like the, these, these crazy beatings that they're doing, the protesters mm. in Egypt now, and you see like this, this battle to control Iraq, do you think that that was engineered, that they knew that in a vacuum that you know, these puppet governments they put in place would quickly fall apart? No. Uh, no? I, I really think the U.S. government was uh, cocky. Fl- flamboozled and cocky because we built, and I have this in Rubicon, uh, three mega bases there that were meant to be permanent installations. And I mean some of the largest, most expensive military bases ever built. We built uh, uh, an embassy compound larger than Vatican City. You know, it's going to house like 8,000 people. We plan to be there forever. So, this so why was, are we getting out? Is this too crazy? This is the Roman Empire. It's crumbling. Jesus Christ. This is the Roman Empire. It's fall, and the whole world can see that. The world's starting to move much more closely in, in, into alignment with China. And China is imploding also. That's the other catch to this. Uh, and, and the same thing is happening uh, with money as, as it is with, with life and, and everything else, is that people are jumping to the next safest, th- and all they're doing is moving up one deck on the Titanic to a deck that hasn't gone underwater yet. And hoping that their kids live to, be, to miss the next big wave. That they get to stay alive and die before it all the shit hits the fan again. I mean, can it be held back? Is it a wave? No, does it come and go? Or does it have to completely flatline and then rebuild? It won't be flatline across the board. Um, at, when, when the Roman Empire collapsed, there were some small towns that survived as pockets, you know, of wisdom and, you know, where some civilization was held for a while. That's the way this is going to play. There are going to be places around the world that, uh, that by virtue of, uh, of climate, their uh, orientation to permaculture, sustainable economies, and the skill sets they have that will fare better than other regions. Um, I think basically the people in the cities are fucked. And if you stay in the big city, you're going to be fucked. Yeah, there's uh, no, one, no food here. There's only a three-day yeah. food supply in Los Angeles. I graduated yeah. from Venice High School. I went to UCLA, you know. And, and uh, there's only a three-day food supply in this city, and there's not enough fresh water here. We steal the water from Northern California. Las Vegas shouldn't even exist, and Phoenix is going to go under. I mean, th- th- those cities. Well, I love the story of the Salton Sea. This is one of my favorites. I, I've watched uh, several documentaries, read a bunch of things on it. I've got a whole coffee table book at home of photos from the Salton Sea. That's an amazing story in and of itself. Mm-hmm. We just decided to get crazy and create a civilization out there in the middle of the desert. That's what's going to happen to Vegas easily. Yeah, I think sure. so. Yeah. Well, they're going to keep Vegas alive as long as they can because this weekend it's Brock Lesnar versus Alistair Overeem, uh-huh. bitch. Oh, I mean, uh, you could live on stripper milk for a couple of days extra, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and you could kill small animals with their heels. 
And if you know, use their heels <laughs> like projectiles. Listen, there's gonna, squirrels. There's, there's, there's going to be some bizarre Darwinian evolutions and adaptations as this thing falls apart. <laughs> you going to make it through? How, how much? How much longer do you think it's going to be before everything? Is, is it a fifty-year process? Mm. Is it a hundred-year process? Are we going to see this? Am I going to be alive to see this new situation? I'm seeing emerge? this happen much, much faster than I thought it would. Uh, especially with the deterioration in the quality of U.S. government and, and, and the, you know, legality or, you know, honorable nature of the U.S. government and, and the economic situation. Um, Does it disturb you when you see Obama looking confident and talking about his legacy as a president and disturb you to see, like, this unaware motherfucker? Like, what are you doing? Why are you sitting there calm and, and congratulatory, you know, about your administration and the accomplishments that you've achieved? Do you not see that the fucking sky is falling? Do you not see it? Look at you sitting there. You're sitting there like a demure gentleman. I've been know, saying so calm and so... Accustomed to being that in front Bill of the Clinton camera was president. I mean, it's like, it's and everybody in Washington does the same thing. It's ridiculous. You know, those people, and, and that's why, again, why Ron Paul is so important. Solar power, yes or no? Should we get solar power? So, it, if you can get it, it's, yeah. it, it, it won't solve all of the world's problems, and and we, we need to stop buying that trap that we have to solve the problem for the whole world before we take care of ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves. Put your own first. oxygen mask on first. Yeah, it's not like we're rushing out to fix Liberia, right? You know, <laughs> we know how bad it is over there. We know how bad it is in Somalia. Yeah. We're not. We're not running over there to fix that. No, we so. take care of ourselves here first. And, and and those of us who work to build community, there's a great movement, Transition U.S. There's transition initi- initiatives about 111, I think, all over the country now in cities all over the country. Where, where people are forming communities, they're growing food locally, they're networking with each other, they're working outside of the economic system, they're learning skills that they're going to need, that we're all going to need at some point to learn how to live with less power and things like that. And this movement is, at, we have a, 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 a directory on CollapseNet, the Lighthouse Directory, absolutely free, 1,600 hand-picked entries. And you go in and you look around this directory and you realize that all over the world there's all kinds of people working really hard and have been for quite some time to prepare to transit to live outside of the infinite growth paradigm after peak oil and 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 it can be done but you have to do it in small groups but then you have to be worried about being raided by mad hordes of Mm -hmm. fucking scoundrels and zombies depends zombie apocalypse Zombie apocalypse. It's real, right? Um, Most of the zombies I don't think will ever get out of the big cities because so many people are so out of touch. So the big cities would just be like die-offs, giant die-offs, just like they were for the Mayans, right? The Mayans left the giant temples behind, and when they discovered them hundreds of years later, they're covered in trees. And there are people who have been putting a lot of time into thinking about how to defend what they have if people come and try to take it. So what do you think about the... I guess it was the ATF saying that they were going to stop people with medical marijuana prescriptions from buying new guns. They weren't going to allow you if you get a prescription mm-hmm. for medical marijuana to own a gun, which is hilarious. It's, I mean, I live in Sonoma County, where, which is a, a, a legal grow county. And I have a letter. I have a letter because I had a really bad. I, this, the, my thumb so- socket was shattered. I mean, the, the socket was in eight pieces, and that's where all the nerves in the hand come together. Oh, wow. And, uh, How'd that happen? And uh, a horse, horseback riding accident. <sighs> and, uh, and I'm a horseman. I've been a horseman a long time. But, uh, so, and, and that works for me. But uh, I don't grow because I own guns. Uh-huh. And see, that's a federal issue as opposed to the state issue. 
Um, but you know, all that stuff. But is, I don't even think it's a matter of growing. I think you're not even allowed to have a license for it. No, no. Is that what it is? They don't care. They don't care. Oh. So you can have a license, you just can't grow. Is that what it is? Well, or you know, or the feds would know that if I was growing and own guns, which I obviously do. Right. You know, th- th- then they would come on some federal pretext. You know, but how crazy is that that you could have a prescription for oxycontin, but you can't grow a plant? That's amazing. You could you could have a gun and have a prescription for oxys. How you know? absurd is it to make a plant that God created illegal amazing. to begin with? It's amazing. Not only that, one that's killed nobody. Yeah. You know, nobody. I mean, maybe some people have had a few wacky ideas while they were high, and it caused a few deaths. But listen, that's just people with wacky ideas. You can't blame pot for that. So yeah. It's like Bill Hicks' joke about a guy, young man on acid, thought he could fly, jumped off a building. What a tragedy. He goes, what an idiot. If he thought he could fly, why didn't he test it off in the ground first? Yeah. You know? No one told him to jump off the fucking roof. You know, I was a narc, and, 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 and I've seen bad drugs, but the worst drug that has ever been out there is, is uh, angel dust. Uh, yeah. I had to fight people on angel dust, and it was the most ridiculous. It was stupid. A buddy of mine got his finger bitten off when he was on angel dust. Yeah. Didn't even realize it until yeah. the next morning. Yeah, they have special purpose Missing strength. His fucking finger. Yeah, I'm the only guy in the history of LAPD to have been bitten in the left testicle. In the oh. Oh, oh, snap, son! Wow, was it from the ShamWow guy? Did it burst it? <laughs> no, didn't, didn't burst. It. <laughs> Imagine if it was. So it just really hurt real bad. It was. Yeah, it was a. It was a little bitty five foot eight guy on, on Angel Dust, and I met oh him. Oh my god, on Angel Dust, and he went yeah. for the balls. Uh, and well, he was holding a 35 inch color console TV set above his head. Oh my Jeez. god, and five of us controlled him and he was strapped on a gurney you know the, the thick canvas straps on a gurney right he broke the canvas strap over his leg gave himself a compound fracture oh my god and everybody went back to his leg and i was at the head and he just went oh you know. and he spit your balls holy yeah. shit did you is stomp it, him out mm-hmm. is your ball yeah, okay for you. yeah it's fine good for you <laughs> it's fine. yeah you gotta stomp that it's worked out. fine all these years since yeah. guy biting your balls you gotta stomp him uh, on my nickname was inspector cluzo so you gotta go you gotta go pride <laughs> rules on that dude Holy shit. What's the most fucked up thing you ever saw while you were working as a cop? Probably uh, a homicide. Uh, I was a, a training officer. I was a two-striper, PP3 here in L.A. And I was working in Elkar on a Sunday in the south end of Wilshire. I worked in the jungle. Uh, that's where I came up as a cop. And it was a homicide. And uh, the RA unit had gone there and opened the door. And this guy had been dead for three days. Every oh. window in the house closed. And oh. the heat was on to 90. Oh, my God. And the inside of the windows were covered with maggots. Oh, and, uh, and And I was the first officer on the scene. And it was a Sunday. And I had to sit with this stinker for five hours just inside me. yeah i was the crime scene i had to protect the crime scene okay and so when you protect the crime scene do you have to be on top of the body like how close do you have to no. be? lay on top you have to it? see it within your no uh, I, I i i had control of the premises i i was standing right at the front door but the house was in, and, and, and i had to keep the door open <sighs> and i was stuck with that for about it five was, hours it was only three Jesus. days and it got that bad in three days oh with with, with the heat yeah and and what and it was the summer uh, yeah. Uh, so somebody just decided to do that to accelerate the, the deterioration process? Yeah, I, I, who knows? Uh, the guy was dead on the floor, and he had a marble lamp base embedded in his skull. Oh, and shit. So, so he's, he's on the floor flat, and the lamp is sticking up like this. And oh, my God. So I'm, I'm stuck with this guy, and I was talking to him for three or four hours until... The, embedded in his skull? Yeah. Who, yeah. who killed him? Did uh, you ever find out? A lover. Uh, uh, it was a homosexual killing. Holla! Yeah. Look at that, mm. dude. Yeah, that's you know, the best think, kind. It's a safety and, and gayness. No, it's so, a dude. It's a dude looking to kill you if you fuck other dudes. Um, yeah, so that, that that's that's one that really stands out. I was in two shootings and uh, a lot wow. of fights and uh, two uh, shootings where you got shot at. 
No. Uh, first shooting was a guy trying to run me down, wow. um, chasing me across the street with a car. I mean, oh, the wrong side of the street. Oh, my God. Uh, and we were using Smith & Wesson 38s with 158-grain lead ball ammo. My, it's terrible bullet it, it's soft lead it, it ricocheted and bounced off the guy's windshield oh my god uh, oh my second god. shooting was a drug dealer sick two attack dogs on my partner and I, oh and I, and and I killed the dogs jesus i Christ. didn't hesitate i just you know shot the shit out of the dogs <sighs> my my partner was grateful yeah <sighs> you've had a crazy life dude oh yeah man i've, I've done it's, it's, you never finished telling us about why you went to venezuela was that about the pat uh, tillman story yeah that was um not only Pat Tillman, but I was... Uh, you were one of the first people to break the fact that Pat Tillman was not killed in, in combat, was in fact killed by friendly fire. Pat Tillman's mom, Danny, uh, is what she goes by, uh, Mary Tillman, uh, sent me an email um, trying to get in touch with my military affairs editor, Stan Goff. Stan Goff is a retired master sergeant from U.S. Army Special Forces, Delta, who taught at West Point. Stan's a great friend. He's a brilliant writer, one of the best writers. A wonderful human being. I love the guy. And uh, she was trying to get in touch with Stan through From the Wilderness, and we had done a lot of exposés. And uh, I went down to San Jose and uh, met with uh, Danny, and she gave me like 2,000-plus pages of Army records redacted, you know, with all the black sparts and so I spent the night copying those, um, every one of them in perfect order. Uh, Jesus Christ. And 2,000. How long did that take? You, you do what you got to do. And uh, so I copied them, took, took them back to our offices in Ashland, Oregon, and I flew Stan Goff out. And uh, Stan did most of the work, but we totally broke down the Army story. And, and we published a seven-part series which was the, the basis of Henry Waxman's hearings in the House Governmental Affairs Committee w over uh, the, the, the cover-up. And we, brought, uh, we got uh, six senior officers, three general officers uh, disciplined, and we forced Donald Rumsfeld to resign. But we were... We were That's re why Donald Rumsfeld resigned? Oh, yeah. He resigned right when he was about to be called before the Tillman hearings, very yeah. suddenly. Uh, so then he, he can't be called because he resigned? Yeah. Is that how he avoided yeah, it? I'm sorry. I'm Isn't it amazing when they have weird rules like that, like Congress, like they can insider trade? It's well, not illegal for Congress to be insider trading? His, his resignation was the quid pro quo. You know, he fell on his sword because it went to Bush. It went to Cheney and to Bush. Um, and a, a lot of crimes were covered with that. That was just a horrendous miscarriage. Do you believe that it was an accident, or do you believe that they killed him on purpose because he was being very outspoken about his... No. I, what I believe is, and I think enough time has passed where I can say this, uh, and, and again, I know a great many people in the service, and I know special forces, I know rangers, and I know uh, a lot of guys. Pat Tillman had a very large ego. He was very outspoken. He had all the right ideas. He knew the war was bullshit. He was talking out about it. But he was. You think uh, they fragged him? I, I, I think that Pat Tillman became a ranger before he became a soldier. If that means anything to you. It's like putting on a black belt before you earn the green. Uh-huh. You know. Uh, uh, and it was definitely a really foobar situation. I don't think it was a planned premeditated murder. Uh, but I do kind of suspect that uh, his, his last words were, I'm Pat fucking Tillman. And that's when a three-round burst hit him in the head, you know. And so, very sad, very tragic. And the people shooting had this communication? The, the, the guy that shot him was a sergeant in his own serial uh, shooting a three-round burst out of a saw. Squad automatic weapon. 30 yards. Of course he knew what was going on. So you think he killed them? Yeah. 
wow, holy shit. Yeah. And you think he killed him just because he was too outspoken, uh, too cocky, they didn't want him, they didn't like him, fuck you. Th- that's too much speculation. Who knows, me. right? But they, you um, think they killed him. Yeah, and, but not premeditated murder in, 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 in that sense. But what we do know is that what the army did after that, they destroyed evidence, they burned his clothing, they uh, immediately started the write-up for a silver star, and all of that criminality that followed rather than admit that he was killed in a friendly fire accident by his own people. So were you the catalyst that forced them to admit that it was friendly fire? No, well, uh, Stan, let's give the credit where it's due to Stan Goff. I was the publisher and the editor. In other words, I put my money and my balls on the line and gave Stan Goff everything he needed to write a seven-part series that tore the U.S. Army and Donald Rumsfeld new assholes. So you, you publish it in, in From the Wilderness? It, it, it's, it's still on the website to this day, all seven parts. And when we were in uh, uh, j- just ready to publish part five, my offices were burglarized. All seven of my computers were smashed. Uh, one of my employees turned out, a woman turned out to be trying to set me up on a sexual harassment charge. There was a forged police report, falsified police report connected so to you, this. So you weren't perjury. trying to show her your balls? No. <laughs> so the girl, no. um, when, when you think that they came to her and like offered her something I cool think she to was a to do plant. that? I think you she think was she was a plant? plant? Yeah. Well, you know, they, they have plants, man. It sounds yeah. ridiculous. But there was a bunch of growers in Northern California, and uh, they had a guy who would like sit in on their meetings. You know, they would talk about like, you know, you know growing for the community. Mm-hmm. They found out the guy was a cop because he died in a motorcycle accident the guy died and then they said that's that's our buddy what the fuck and then it's it's sergeant fuck face he's been spying on you the whole time yeah well he's embedded in a bunch of pot growers like like you know talk about a waste of resources back to back to venezuela when when computers were smashed um uh, my life was in danger and it was obvious the only thing that could have prevented us from finishing the tillman series would have been my death Mm. okay so, uh, and I knew that they were coming after me, and, and, and so I went to Venezuela because Hugo Chavez had spent, like, the last four years going like that to George Bush and Dick Cheney. And did you, you know? actually hang out with Hugo Chavez? No, no, I, I, I never met him. That was a really, really hard, uh, difficult time. I was poisoned down there. Foreign ministry knew I was in the country. I asked for help, but they wouldn't touch me. They didn't want uh, to contaminate me. Uh, they what didn't were you poisoned with? Um, once was a drug called Burundanga, which is the root drug of scopolamine. You can look it up. Uh, there was another uh, unknown etiology. The Cuban doctors helped, but it was shutting down all, all of my glandular systems. My adrenals were shutting down. My lymphs were shutting down. So you're ready to die. Yeah, yeah. So I How came back. How did they back. fix it? I, I, I came back to the U.S. in, uh, actually to Canada first. I was so hoping you were going to say Fox Medicine. <laughs> that's I became invisible to no. imagine, <laughs> imagine if that's who it was I'm going to hear Fox Medicine forever I know I yeah, but that's, that. a, that's a meme right now son Okay, that's right out there with Giorgio Sucolos' hair um, so and uh, but I, I got it, it I was sick for probably a full year after I came holy back. shit um, uh, and I did holistic and as much as I could but I was hospitalized so you, get, you got to death's door essentially I and there was nothing they could do to save you they, no, nobody knew what the fuck the Cuban doctor says we don't know what's causing this wow that's incredible. You know, that's so, so terrifying. But we got Tillman out, and Tillman was published. And right after Donald Rumsfeld resigned, I flew back to Canada. Then I came back to New York uh, and stayed in Brooklyn for 14 months uh, before I came back out to, to Venice. And, so um, were you just moving around just because you were worried about someone finding where you were? Uh, no, I, 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 you know, Venezuela was a very specific purpose because, you know, I was, we had something huge with Tillman and, 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 and I was firmly convinced they were going to kill me. How long did you stay in Venezuela? Four months. Four months. 
and then I was basically out of it. Uh, you know, I was done. Uh, I came into an inheritance from my father that I had to fight for for three years. But in 2008, and I, and I had this time, this first time in like 30 fucking years of fighting to breathe and catch my breath where I didn't have to worry about shit. And so I kind of caught up with myself. You know, it's like you stop long enough and then all the shit you did for like the last three catches up and you mm -hmm. absorb it. Um, and then uh, was right about then that uh, Cynthia McKinney, my friend, black, former black congresswoman from uh, Georgia, Atlanta, very dear friend, uh, she was the Green Party nominee in, and, and she mentioned that she might like to have me be her running mate in 2008. I said, are you out of your mind? But that's when I decided, well, we need a presidential energy policy. This needs to get put into the peak oil and all the issues about this. And that became my book, Confronting Collapse. But then Chris Smith showed up from Blue Mark Films also in February of 2009 uh, and said, hey, we'd kind of like to make a movie. What's going on? And Very I, compelling movie. I mean, think about it, man. Who, when the last time you saw a movie where a dude just talks for 90 minutes? pretty fucking amazing you can carry a movie like that and not just carry it, but it was really entertaining as well as fucking terrifying you know there were five shoots each shoot was about 12 to 14 hours on set it was a full hollywood shoot you know so you just drink coffee smoke cigarettes and rant yeah and, Holy shit. and they were feeding me the energy drinks and they'd have them it was so cold when we first started shooting you know i'm in that blue suit right that I, I would be sitting there and i would just cut they'd bring in a blanket put two butane heaters next to me until the color came back and wow. then pull it out and then they'd wow. start shooting i did again. that once when i was uh, working for uh, dave chappelle we did a dave chappelle show we filmed this uh, fear factor parody yeah. with tyrone biggums is the the crackhead that he used to do the yeah. character yeah. And he was on fear factor and we were doing this in a warehouse in brooklyn and it was fucking freezing man and we all like huddled in front of these blast furnaces, and then I would have to get out there in a, a short sleeve shirt, and you know, or whatever the fuck I was wearing at the time, and be like I was on Fear Factor, and we were freezing, man. I mean, yeah, let me yeah. tell you something about Joe Rogan. That's not good, Brian. That's a bad impression. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, that's incredible, man. So you you've really uh, you've, you've seen a lot of crazy shit in your life, mm. from from the L.A. police time to now to having a movie made about you just sitting there talking, like. What, what, a, what a crazy ride it's been from being a cop to this. How the, how the fuck, how, the, how did you get to this point, man? Is this your destiny? Are you, do you feel at a certain point in time obligated to disseminate this information? Oh, uh, I, th this is the Three Stooges school of spiritual evolution. I mean, it's like, I have no doubt that something larger than me uh, tapped me and, and, and... Gave you the ball. Yeah. And, and has kept me and sustained me and, and really kind of made jokes of any other plans that I had along the way for what I thought I wanted to do with my life. Um, and I'm really aware of that now, and I'm living that, you know, spiritually connected to the fact that, you know, there is something really good out here. There is something that's showing itself on this planet now that's just and that it's fair and that it's loving and it does have power. I'm seeing crack. It's like watching The Matrix, you know, when the... When the matrix starts and the little bits of light start coming through and, 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 you know, and all these people out here in the world right now, they're living in a matrix that's falling apart exactly like it did in the movie. It's like, oh, wait a minute, there's a big hole in that building over there. And there's a, that's metaphorically what we're seeing happen all around us. And there's a lot of people who really get that they're in a matrix and are starting to move out. And there's others who are equally moved to try and go back and reinforce it. And those are people making their own choices, I think, about which way they're going to go.
So you are not pessimistic. You're optimistic. A lot of people might think that you're a doom and gloom guy, mm. but you're no. You're no. You're you're. Let's be happy. We're going to get rid of the bad system. We're going to get rid of the bad guys. There is a balancing that is taking place. It's long overdue. It's a. It's, it's as a Doc Holliday would say. It's a reckoning. What an amazing time to be alive. You yeah. know, it really is. It's an amazing time to be uh, at the point in human history and the history of this planet and the history of you know. It's just it's all very strange that it's all taking place in our lifetime right now. And this is uh, really, a, it's an amazing moment, you know. I hope we get through it cool. I hope we all keep our eyes open because uh, uh, even though these are the darkest of times, this is also an age of miracles. And we need to just keep ourselves open to the expectation that good things can happen without our permission. And there's wisdoms, uh, you know, there's a lot of other wisdom out here and there's, there's a lot of light showing through, and that's one of the reasons why Occupy just, just you know, makes my toes wiggle. There's never been a time in human history where the access to information is easier. And when the access to information is easy, people can get the truth out. When people can get the truth out, and they can get ideas out, mm -hmm. and they can get an ideology of happiness and of sustaining your, your, you know, your environment and of, of, of subsistence and of a community and of love and friendship – it's very possible to foster that and grow. You know, we don't have to all be conquerors. No. We don't have to be all cunts raping the world. It doesn't have to be that way. That's right. Right? We, we can just be human beings and enjoy our time here because yes. it is, in fact, temporary. And like all sort of patterns of behavior that people get stuck in, whether it's fucking gambling or excessive masturbation or whatever the fuck you get hooked on, yeah. you can also get hooked on running the world. You can also get hooked on fucking over the world. So these people are sick. Yes. They're sick. They need to wake up. Need to pay attention to Michael Rupert, bitches, because he just dropped some science. Thank you, sir. That was awesome. That was, it was a great time, man. That was one of my favorite podcasts ever. You I, said some awesome shit. Are it we was done a pleasure. already? I, 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 yeah, I, man. We've been doing it for two hours and 40 minutes. I just, you know, I, I just got so I into this. It's well, you could sit for 16 hours of the freezing fucking cold <laughs> and belt out a movie, sir. Right? Five times. Yeah, but uh, thank you very much, man. This oh, was awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you to The Fleshlight for sponsoring the podcast. Go to JoeRogan.net and click on the link for The Fleshlight, and you get 15% off number one. And thank you to Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T.com, makers of Alpha Brain, makers of Shroom Tech Sport, the Cordyceps Mushrooms. Uh, supplement for endurance, Shroom Tech Immune, which is uh, a different kind of mushroom that's great for your immune system. And we also have... New Mood, which is a 5-HTP supplement. As always, there's a 100% money-back guarantee on anything from Onnit.com. Thanks for tuning in. Chicago Theater, almost sold out, freaks. we got to open up the top balcony. The bottom is done, kid. That is February, no, excuse me, January 27th. It's Duncan Trussell, Joey Diaz, and me. We're coming to the Chicago Theater. Strap yourself in, hookers, because we're bringing thunder. Michael Rupert, you're the fucking man. Thank you very much, sir. Thank I appreciate it greatly. How can people follow you? Do you have a Twitter? You don't have a Twitter, do you? We got, we got everything. Yeah, but you, you can find everything at collapsenet.com. Collapsenet.com. What is your Twitter? I want to follow you on Twitter. Max, what is my Twitter? Collapsenet. Collapsenet. Collapse what about Michael Rupert? Was that taken? Michael C. Rupert on Twitter? Wouldn't that be better than uh, Collapsenet? So that way people could I, look you up? Too I, late. I don't Try to get it. Late. Somebody just janked it right now <laughs> as we said that. Some little hacker kid. I got it. Ha ha. Well, there's an, there's an actor named Michael Rupert, and, and yeah. there's a, a photog named Mike, Michael Rupert. That's why I use the C, because they oh, used to okay. get, you know, people calling them up saying you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Hollow. <laughs> conspiracy theory, and it's a C. What are the odds? I got a, a uh, show this Friday at the Ice House here with uh, some people I can't talk about, but tickets are on sale right now. How come you uh, can't talk about the people? Yeah. Because uh, it's a surprise. 
Oh, you don't know who the fuck's going to be on the show? No, I do. You got well, to say, that's how you advertise your fuck. Well, I'll be announcing a few of them on Twitter the, in the next couple of days. Are you trying to get people to follow your Twitter? Is that what you're doing? This no, is no, a no. trick? No, there's Tell a, the people who's on the goddamn show. I can't. I can't. Because there's a reason why I can't. But that reason sucks. I know. Can't you, can't but, you explain the reason? Um, because there's other bigger shows around that the that same day. That person can't advertise. Yeah, and they don't uh, want to be like, okay. oh, they can see me for right. 15 bucks here. Well, it'd be a good show, folks. <laughs> Get in. That's why I just do it. I mean, I have those shows. I just do them anyway here. Yeah. Tell people to stop being pussies. Mm. Tell people where the fuck you're going to be. Right? Yeah. Right, Michael Rupert? Yeah. But God I- damn it. IceHouseComedy.com for tickets. Everlast from the House of Pain. We're going to try to get him in this oh, week. Shit. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. And uh, we'll, we'll do at least two podcasts this week. All right, love you, freaks. See you soon. Bye. Thank you, Michael Rupert. You were awesome. <laughs>